Hello and welcome to a new episode of Serpent Temple. This week we are going to be talking to Alistair Riddle of Flamebearer and many, 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 many bands um, of yonder years that uh, we will probably discuss as well. So I'm looking forward to hearing more of that, but we're going to do a sci-card reading review. So I don't know if you know about sci-cards. I don't. Enlighten me. They're kind of like tarot cards in a way. They're more kind of like Jungian and psychological. So there'll be like um, archetypal symbols that you will pull. We'll do like a little diamond spread for you. Um, the cards closest to you are your past. The ones in the middle are your present and the ones further away from you are your future. But at the same time, you don't have to think of it in a literal way. It's just like, what do you think when you see these okay. these symbols? So me and Floyd, my co-host, yeah. will we'll talk to you as you shuffle the cards okay. and imbue them with your spirit. Uh, with your well-denimed spirit. Yeah. Denim spirit, that's what it's all about. Denim spirit, that's a good band name, actually. I'm still waiting for the day somebody takes the cards and does like a proper uh, puppet. <laughs> Them. Not with the cards that belong to Shem's mum, I hope. Oh, no, that's a good point. <laughs> How old are those cards? Uh, there you, you go. Before I was born, so <laughs> <years> <laughs> I feel like I'm on t- pen and tell. Oh my god, yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just going to like draw them out from behind your ears. Like, yes. Okay. See how much weight like one of them lost? Like pen. Uh, it, Did he lose those the, away? The tall one is like pen. really quite slim now. Huh. Yeah, it's impressive. Okay. There you go. Mm. I think one of them was on Wife Swap and it was really messy. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen that. It's really funny. I know the D Snyder Wife Swap was What? Really There's a D Snyder yeah. Wife Swap? Oh my god. Did Can't she did she take with. it? Would uh, <laughs> <no. laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a terrible, terrible they, joke. I don't think they actually fucked. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It was a it was a pun. It was it was a D Snyder song based ah. pun. Oh, okay. <laughs> to explain to you that okay. I used to work with someone who was on the original UK. No. Uh, yes. It was on, so weird. So it was uh, it was a nice guy, but he was quite a he was a bit of a male chauvinist, shall we say? Okay. Uh, and his wife, she was pretty cool, uh, and they did a the uh, swap with another family who were kind of Kingston way, um, who were a bit weird, and they were kind of. A bit racist, I think. Oh, no. uh, and you know, obviously, he, he was, you know, black British. So there was a bit of tension there, and they were really lazy. And the kid, the, the girl, had was one of those girls that had, like, you know, 7,000 cuddly toys and teddy oh. bears on the ah. bed kind of thing. Okay. And the other mother didn't like that, and it was very, very strange. That sounds <laughs> intense. It was weird TV. Especially then getting to know... And actually, his daughter had also worked at the same place at one point, but... I don't think she was very impressed with being on TV. You know? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching one episode. It was like a celebrity one. And there was this really, really sexist. I think he was like a sports commentator. I can't remember what his name was. I but find that hard to believe for sexist sports. <laughs> I know. I've never, never, never encountered no. one. No, but he was like a really famous one. He was like quite overweight. Um, and he had like a, a particular voice. I can't remember his name, but he was like, I think he's almost certainly dead now, but he was so <laughs> sexist. And he started calling like the new wife the same name as the old You're wife. You're talking about John McCrick, I think. Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember. Oh, yes. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But it was, it was horrible. It was horrible in the best way. Okay, let's actually do. Yeah, okay, yes, do it. Do the side cards. So I will make you, I will make you place them. Just so oh. I can't pen and tell you. <laughs> So one, how many am I putting down? So um, put one, I'll, I'll point to them because yeah. I don't want the mic to get all funny. Mm-hmm. So put 
with tight arms and knees. Yeah, I went to reach for that and then realised I've got small arms as well. I've got weirdly stretchy and arms. do you want these? Um, or do I keep them and uh, you, well, sell them on eBay? We'll ask them, <laughs> we'll ask them back. There you go. All right, so you can turn over the first card. It will be the one uh, below the Enquirer. So if you want to flip that, that over. That one there? That one there, yeah. What is it going to be? It's going to be... Money. Money! Nice. So... I mean, I can read you the descriptions that yeah. come with the cards, or you can just be like, "What? What makes? What do you think of? Like, how does that relate to you musically, personally, well, through money like, yeah?" Means you can buy records. I mean, <laughs> it's all about priorities, isn't it? Yeah, basically. I mean, this card usually comes down to like motivations. This is a, a past thing, so I'm assuming yeah. that it's going to be, you know, how money has influenced your path as a musician and stuff um, like that. You kind of. I just spend my money on music, whether it is guitars and band stuff or records, you know. Mm. You know, that's you know, that's the main thing the money goes for is I think you know, for me it's it's the music is the So you're a big vinyl collector then or um, I'm I'm not like stupid amounts of records, but you know, there's a couple of thousand, maybe three thousand. It's not like only a few thousand records. Yeah, but I've been buying records for forty years, so it's not like ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like I've got a billion, you know, I've, I know plenty of people with, you know, 10,000. I don't know about that. Yeah, I know people who've got like 10,000 records or whatever, but you know. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, it's a bloody pain to move house. Oh, I bet. Oh my God. I moved house this year and like, first time I was like, no, I've got to spend some money and hire people to do the moving. Smart. That's good. Because I remember the last time I moved, I couldn't move my arms for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like moving records. There's something about records. They just, I don't know, maybe it's the music I've bought. It's just so heavy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's, you know, you, you end up not being able to bend your arms for like two days. It's yeah. like, so right. No, I'm going to hire people to move it. Of course, I moved during lockdown, so... Ikea wasn't open. Oh, fuck that. And, you know, had to get a new Calyx. Calyx <laughs> are the perfect, perfect yeah, size perfect vinyl. Size. So I bought Everyone's the 5 by 5 one. Those are good, yeah. And now I've still got three 2 by 2s as well. CDs are going to go in the loft once I've got the loft boards down. So like, I'll just keep a few hundred out, you know. Do you have like, do you, how do you, do you organize yours with like the cream of the crop? Do you have like a little Calax cube that's like your, your most prized no. vinyls? Yes and no. Okay. So alphabetical, chronological. Okay. This is something Floyd is going to be into because he's a 100%. massive collector. So it's, it's alphabetical, <laughs> chronological, and then you've got, I've got like classical separate place, compilations separate, and then Maiden. <laughs> I've got like one, like two by two calyx just for Maiden and Release. Wow. And like classical, you mean like Western classical or do you mean yeah, like yeah, classic like, metal? No, no, classical. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. No, like, so, you know. You have Chopin's, uh, your Bach's. Yeah, yeah. Chopin's and Shostakovich and nice. Thomas Tallis. Tallis, you know, okay. Oh, he's one of my favourites. Right. Do you have like an era? You like a romantic Baroque? Uh, I kind of like all kinds of stuff. So I like, right. a, but I really like Thomas Tallis. I like that kind of. He's like, was he Renaissance or is he... He's Tudor, isn't he? That's going to be, yeah. yeah. Tudor yeah. kind of. So I like stuff like that. And, I but I like that. all kinds of stuff. A bit of early music. And, you know. But yeah, for the most part, the 
it's alphabetical except for a couple of things. Here's the big question. The word the, does that count as T <laughs> or is it the second word that is alphabetized? It's The the, the is incidental. Yeah. It's, I know, consider that incidental as well. It's yeah. an incident. You don't, you don't go the. Yeah. And that, you know, that's, that's just for badly written computer programs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I we're on the same page there. Yeah. Nice, nice. I had I had a friend of mine. His whole vinyl collection melted because he lived in California. Oh, in a fire or just just because it was hot. Yeah. I know people like people who. I mean, I've I've damaged a few records where I lived before there was a leak, and it was just as I was I was getting them covered, and like my Danzig all got ruined. Oh, it was and it was it was Danzig and Manowar records a load of them stuck together so the records are fine but the covers them uh and then like the i think it was the heresy concrete sock split oh. <laughs> got damaged That's genuinely upsetting yeah i mean I've, i know people who've lost like thousands from a leak and stuff like that you know yeah, it's one of the things that puts me off collecting. When it comes to money and um, being in a band, yeah. do you think about the financial, like, do you think of a band in terms of it being profitable or do you focus almost mostly on just the musical aspect? Um, that's, that's something that interests me with people making music. Making profit, oof, I mean, to be honest, that's almost delusional these days. Isn't it is, it? isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know people who make a living from music. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people I know who do make, did make money from music where people were professional. So tour managers and mm. lighting people, sound people, and they were all screwed, you know, by COVID, absolutely destroyed them. Um, you know, I've done a bit of sort of tour managing and roading for bands and stuff. So that for me, music, you know, the gig is the, the thing. Um, you know, it's nice not to lose money, but, you know, the idea of making a living from music is sort of... That's a, something of another era, you know. Do you find, like, usually... Because, like, Lee Dorian and his record yeah. store, for example. Or, like... I mean, Conan, they have... Was it Black Skull Management? Or at yeah, least... Yeah, so... Um, yeah, John had a studio, but I don't remember what happened there. So okay. he's doing... I think Chris has moved back to Fowl, hasn't he? Um, yeah, and I think, but I think Lee, like, Rise Above... I don't know how much I don't know how much money it makes. Like mm. everyone assumes they make lots of money, but I know from my personal experiences that you know he put a lot of money into Age of Taurus, and I don't imagine he made that back. You know, you know thousands for the end recording costs, a thousand for the artwork and licensing that first cover, and then you know you've got um, you know he paid money for us so we could legal fees so we could get visas to go and play in America. You know, hmm. so he put a lot of money in that I don't think he's likely to ever get back. Yeah. He put it in because he's like, I like this band, I want this record out. You know, some of the records do sell a lot. You know, Ghost, Ghost, yeah, yeah, um, Uncle Acid, but you Wizard. know, Ed Wizard, obviously, yeah. But you know, again, you know, Uncle Acid supported Sabbath, so Rise Above had to help them there. So you know, that must have been so expensive. Oh, I mean, twenty, thirty grand, I think, yeah. might have been. You know. So he puts his money, you know, he puts his huge money in, in. And so, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't begrudge him if he does make some money on a record because I know he's coughed up a lot of money on records that didn't sell, mm. but he f believed in them. So that's what you should be doing with it. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, for me, it's the music, you know, money from music, you know, it'd be nice if you can do it, but. That's you know, like secondary to you. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it's all changed, you know. There's whole parts of the industry aren't there anymore, you know. Magazines, 
like don't sell like they did. There's no physical Kerrang anymore. Yeah. Oh no, they've just started doing it again. Have they? Yes. Oh, amazing. And what's even better is because it's Nick Ruskell's obviously involved I love quite Nick. a lot. Yeah. I love Nick. But Phil Alexander, I think, has been because he he was like executive editor. He's been really instrumental. He like make taking it back to what Kerrang should be. Amazing. Yeah. So, so if you see the if you see the it's cover, the cover it? it's the old logo. It's the um, oh. classic Crusher kind of mid eighties jagged thing. So it looks old, and that is Kerrang. It doesn't look like some sort of crappy sort mm. of fashion mag. fashion mag or something. It looks like that's Kerrang. And you know, Amazing. I mean, the band's covered are different because it's a different era, but the mentality is we're making a heavy rock magazine. You know, fantastic. And that's because it's not metal. You know doesn't have to be metal because it's heavy music's heavy music yeah it know. started you know there's a fixation on genre isn't it oh it's yeah. got to be this it's got to be that but when i start when i first read kerrang it was a rock magazine it wasn't all heavy metal you know it yeah. was rock but also there wasn't that delineation you know acdc white snake rush zz top slayer well actually before that slayer hadn't even sort of made it over here you know when i first read kerrang it was like you know you'd see zz top and acdc and venom and that was rock you know heavy metal rock it was the same thing it was just so yeah it'd be nice it's nice that they're back but magazines don't sell as much you know and people moan about metal hammer in a bag with a free thing or whatever but that's how you that's how you sell yeah. it because like a lot of the time now it's kind of like cornflakes in the like cereal packets yeah. in the 90s like you would never buy cereal if it didn't have a free toy in it that was the rules of like choosing it's yeah. the same with magazines to although to be fair you would shoplift it yourself you, know? you, <laughs> just, you used to go in with your little knife cut a hole take the toy how did you know i used yeah. to love collecting them plain with the stuff they used to stick the cds to it was just really <laughs> like, like free, yeah yeah that's cool but you know it's just the industry has changed so much you know records don't sell in the way like in terms of vinyl IPs, like you look at the top ten vinyl records of last year, and it's all pop kind of stuff. Um, but it's like you know, three hundred thousand records for Adele. That's not very much. But that, that's the thing is, yeah, yeah, compared to you know, it's never mind millions. selling a million in the first couple of months, or you know, Metallica's Black albums would have sold millions on LP, mm. and and. Because people don't, you know, you don't buy CDs. People download and it's, but they buy the vinyl to have an object, an artifact, don't they? Now we've got yeah. NFTs, so you don't even have to have N the object. N <laughs> <laughs> Fucking NFTs, Jesus. NFTs. I mean, it's it's tulips, isn't it? It's tulipomania from the Dutch. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, interesting it's, it's reference. People, yeah. Uh, you, you, it's this is. I mean, do you remember the whole dot com boot? Of the, like you know twenty odd years ago, mm. it's that it's like it's worth money. It's worth money. I, I saw something online. It was like a rapper of some sort, but like you know, not a good rapper, like a popular rapper, <laughs> <laughs> so, so someone who's rubbish. Um, and he apparently stopped show to show off. He'd spent six hundred thousand on an NFT. Oh my god! It's like you're sp buying memes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just you incredible. It, it's, you can make money on that. But at some point, someone's going to hold on a second. This isn't worth anything. <laughs> this is worth. I mean, it really is kind of worthless. Also, I think a lot of people are just buying, selling stuff that isn't theirs. 
Mm. Just nick a photo. It's mine now. Well, you can screenshot an NFT, which is what people have been doing. So hopefully people will work that out and we won't have to have NFTs anymore. (laughs) And to see that drama with the voice actor, uh, Troy Baker, about the NFTs. So he's, apparently there's something where you could, your voice could become an NFT, so someone could buy rights, but then they could manipulate your vocal cadences to say whatever you wanted. People do so, that already. Yeah. They do that with the so Epstein. The, so deep fakes crossing over into NFTs. Pretty much, yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, what a time to be alive. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> yeah. Should we go on to the next card? Let's do it. Which card? This one. Oh, this is a future it. card. Like, what did you get? Did you get death? The stranger. Ooh, Ooh, the stranger. A tall, dark, handsome stranger is heading towards you. What do you think that could be? Uh, suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, you know, like people you meet at shows. It oh, could I don't be. Know. What's a strange? I mean, what's a stranger to you? A friend I haven't met yet. Oh, how wholesome! <laughs> <laughs> uh, wholesome is my middle name. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's lion. <laughs> it actually... True story. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what is a stranger? Ah, stranger danger. Stranger danger. Oh, nineteen seventies. Like the best horror ever made. I love seventies horror. Wasn't the, your mum an actor? No, no, that was Will's mum. Was that was Will? Actor, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, the best horror ever made is British information films for kids. Oh my god! Have you seen the one where um, Beware Dark Water or whatever? It's there's called. an LSD one where she takes acid and she eats a hot dog and it starts screaming, and it's like it's horrific. It's yeah. so horrible. It's like genuinely upsetting. Like, yeah, the best horror film ever made is that Beware Dark Water is about warning kids not to sort of swim in water. I mean, it's just like the atmosphere is incredible. It's, yeah. That'd be a sick uh, album then. Yeah. Mm. There, was, was, there was one with matches, right, which showed like the burned person at the end. Come on. That was... <laughs> the, good, the good old days. <laughs> and then you had uh, Charlie the Cat Charlie, as well. Yeah. 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 Uh, Charlie says. Yeah. I don't remember Charlie the Cat. <laughs> Do you not know Prodigy the song? Prodigy it. sampled it, yeah. Is it? Oh, yeah. It was their first, not their first song, but it's like their first kind of big hit. Because I don't think What Evil Lurks wasn't a hit, was it? So ah. just remember that on someone, a rave tape someone did me. But yeah, Charlie says, oh, yeah, fantastic stuff. That is so creepy. I love how creepy like British yeah. things are. Have you seen that documentary that's on Shudder that's... I still need week. to install Shudder. All my uh, friends are telling me to get it. I can't remember. It's called Dark Woods or something. And it's it's a three hour long documentary about folk horror. Oh my God. Sounds Have you good. seen um, Whistle and I'll Come to You? It, it talks about that. And that is fucking terrifying. Yeah, MR James. I went to see about five, six years ago. Went to see, like, because MR James' ghost story is a classic Christmas thing. So it would have been a, about night. 2016, something like that. A couple of friends went to see uh, a play, and it's by you know the Angel is Linton. There's a pub oh, yeah. there that does a. It's like a pub theatre, so there was about 20 seats, and it was I can't remember which story, but it was an Mr. James one, and it was basically just a guy in a chair telling a story, and it was absolutely incredible. And slowly over time, it got darker and darker, and it was just—it was just so atmospheric and powerful. It was amazing. I get really fucked up by ghost stories. Like yeah. Mr. James is fantastic for that stuff. Have you read any of his stuff? I—I I won't 
read or watch horror most of the time. The mm. only horror I can ever watch is 70s, like, hammer horror films. And, well, like, old Mario Bava and stuff like yeah. that. I can deal with that. But well, nothing but M.R. James, I mean, it's, it's imbued with that atmosphere. It's atmospheric, you know. It's, I love it. it but yeah. it's, it's just too deeply, like, my. I will tell you about my nightmares sometime. Yeah. They're fucking horrific. So I just, I have mm. a constant horror movie in my head anyway. So I like, yeah, I like old horror f- I like, I like Hammer horror. and I like mm. that sort of thing I'm not interested in modern horror is a little bit too I think over the top like it's not it's not scary it's scary in it's an immediate jump, way isn't it? it's you just, just jump it doesn't have an atmosphere but it just makes you jump and it's I look at it it's like a lot of modern films CGI it's like, it's, it's like listening to modern metal that's like trigger drums and the high gain <laughs> amps of EMGs yeah. like you know with photoshopped covers it's the same thing it's just like two minutes afterwards you've forgotten it whereas yeah. like mr james like these these yeah. folk tales you, f- you I, w- I would never forget the fear uh, yeah. of and like some of those and stuff but i really like stuff like arthur Macken. have you read any of his no, stuff so it's it. not like horror horror it's but it's got that atmosphere it's marvelous cool. fantastic and he you know all those that era stuff is amazing you know the great god pan and Oh, okay. Blood ceremony have um. Is it blood ceremony? They have yeah. Blood ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So blood ceremony really, I think for me, really has that kind of atmosphere. I love them. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely people, amazing band. So yeah. Have you played with them? Um, yes, but I I sort of know them through. Um, when they first came over, they like Will asked me if he could borrow an amp, so they took one of my amps out on tour. And it just so happened on the first date, Lizzie's amp blew up. So oh, they were no. supporting um, Electric Wizard, and that Lizzie's amp died. So they ended up both using my amp. Was that. that in like 2013? Because I remember it seeing them play Hellfest, and I think it was the same year. It would have been before Wizard that. Played. It was Electric Wizard, and then, oh, I mean, it was back in the noughties or something. Oh, no. I, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're lovely people. But yeah, just really powerful. Like, there's a couple of those kind of bands that just. Like Jack Thoff as well. I love Jack Thoff. I've heard so many good things. I've seen them a few times. They played Desert Fest and it wasn't great. I saw them play Desert Fest. I thought they were really good. They were, I mean, that was them on like 20% of what they... Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like, she had the incense of the knife. Yeah, Yeah, it was very vibey. Played with them a couple of times. Played with them in Germany. Cool. Hammer of Doom. And played with them in uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin of all places. Yeah, well, it was where they're from. But yeah, it was Asia oh. Taurus. We like the reason we went to America is because a guy called Mike Smith wanted us to play this festival, and it's like we were main support to trouble. Nice. <laughs> yeah, about <laughs> as, as good as it gets. And Jack's Forth were on the bill, and Orange Ruin, and that's all that. It was amazing. That's very very cool. Um, yeah, out on tour with um, Pilgrim. You know Pilgrim? I think, yeah. They were amazing. I feel like I might know Pilgrim. Uh, Doom band from... Singer died. Yeah, unfortunately. So, that was a weird one. So, kind of, I don't have much experience of, like, that kind of culture. But, so, he, but he was always wearing long sleeves. He'd oh, always wear a long sleeve t-shirt. I know where this is going. And always wearing black, like, heavy black jeans. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of weird because it's, like, you know, 35 degrees, 40 degrees. And so, yeah, I think it was, like, 39, 40 degrees some of the places we went to he's always wearing a long sleeve shirt eating cold soup he's always lovely for that and really nice guy uh yeah and it turns out he was on heroin um he went into rehab 
came out of rehab and his girlfriend, I think, had left him for the drummer or something. It, was, oh, it got no. really horrible. So anyway, he was clear. They, he, the old drummer came back. They got back together. He was got himself sorted. They went out on tour. Relapsed. Yeah, they, he oh. disappeared one night. and uh, That sucks. Yeah. And it's horrible because I've not really experienced kind of heroin addicts in the UK sort of doom scene. I'm not sure they're there, but it's not like a thing. But like a few, couple of people I've talked with. Yeah. yeah. And also like, um, like Clyde from who was in Sarvain when I played for Sarvain, he, I think he, I don't know if he overdosed or what, but you know, it was like, like three people from Gate, like Gates of Slumber, three people have died. What? Yeah, both, three, yeah, so Jason, the bassist, but both Clyde and Bob. Oh my uh, you know, That's horrific. You know, I toured with Clyde, you know, Bob met a few, many times. He actually, was doing sound, I think, when we played in Indianapolis, you know. I hadn't seen him for a while, and he was there, he was great. Clyde, on that same tour, Clyde came to see us in uh, Richmond, brought, like, a record and stuff down, you know, and pff, last time I saw both of them. And that was, yeah. was it them that played um, with Cathedral at the University of London Yes, Union? it was, yes. Okay, I saw them. Yeah, yeah. fantastic band. Um, Were you there that night? Yeah, of course I was. Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I was there. Um, who else was on the bill? It was Church of Misery on that as well? It was Church of Misery, yeah. and then the day after, it was was it Bolt Thrower Benediction? I um, missed that one. Yeah. It was like two days in a row of like insane, yeah. insane metal lineups. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I played with Benediction. Wait, like not in them, but like we shared bills with him, played with him in Shepherd's Bush. Really? Back in the day, yeah. And Opera on the Green, which was closed down because it was full of asbestos. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Nice. The, the good old days of dangerous venues. They were one of the first bands I ever tried to interview, and I was about yeah. 17 years old, and they were really rude to me because really? I was basically a kid oh. and they were really drunk. Ah, yeah. right. They were nice to me. It's weird because. First time I ever got on sort of band thanks list was Benediction second oh, that's album. Cool. Yeah, because we played with him a couple of times and thanks list. I was like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Uh, that's thing. really cool. Yeah, yeah, they're legit. Uh, is it Frank is in Memoriam now, right? Yeah, he. I don't know if he was in. Was he in them at the time? I can't remember because he was in like, again. He was in when I interviewed them. Yeah, because he was in Cerebral Fix back then. Okay. Or Cerebral Fix. Whatever. Um. Which who had a lot of different members, I think they were that kind of from that scene because uh, Steve from Iron Monkey was in Cerebral Fix at one point as There's well. So many I, that's one of those bands where whenever I go on metal archives, like five people have been <laughs> yeah. in, in one of like, yeah, I, I get you, yeah, you kind of get that with certain scenes like that Nottingham scene, they were just in loads of different hardcore bands together, you know. Cool, should we move on to the next card? Yes, which one? Give me a card, damn it. This one. That's too far from me. What'd you get? Birth. Birth? Yeah. Oh, fertility, creativity, newness. Flame Bearer. Flame Bearer. Yeah, new band. Right first demo came out last week. Our first gig in a couple yeah. of weeks. And it's a good demo, Thank may you. I say. Yeah, you're playing the yeah. dev soon. See? You're playing the dev playing soon. Playing the dev, yeah. I mean, you know, starting on a high. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got a new band. Congratulations. You. You've Thank got you. Andrew Thank Valiant you. of Oak. Yeah. Yeah. Formerly of Oak. Sorry. Yeah. Formerly of Oak. Yeah, yeah. they uh, they sort of knocked it on the head last year. Yeah. 
It's a shame, really. They've been yeah. around for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. But we did. Yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't forget about that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's been a long pandemic. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> no, don't tell us COVID infects your memory. <laughs> I have COVID brain, please. It's definitely. What date I, is that you're playing the dev? It is the 6th, so I don't know if this will be out in the cool. time. So. I on a like two in the afternoon, yeah, or two in the afternoon or whatever. We're on like first, so nice. our first gig. Um, what else, Beth? So ne- it will coincide with my heavy metal birth. You were saying it's your anniversary, nineteen eighty-two. Yes, was it that you first listened yeah, to metal? Early February, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, Tiz was. Tiz was. Tiz was. <laughs> Scientifically proven to be the greatest TV event of all time. Wow. Like uh, that, that's just a fact. It's like you yeah. know, people talk about the Wire and the Sopranos. It's like meh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love the Wire. Show. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Chris Tarrant. Yeah. Chris Tarrant. Chris Tarrant. Yeah, he was. T- Lenny he was t- Henry. Yeah. I love Lenny Henry. Uh, Sally James. God bless her. Don't know who that but, is. Um, men of a certain age will have a s- certain thing for her. Right. Uh, Bob Carroll G's and Spit the Dog. It was like a little puppet dog. And every time you said his name, Spit, he would go, <laughs> like, Spit. I mean, it was ridiculous. But it's like, it was kids' TV, but it's kind of totally changed it. So it was like, you know, kids, like the kids would be put in cages and they'd throw gunge on them and water. Oh, what was it with gunge? Until 2001, everything was gunge. That was from Tiswas. Amazing. Uh, they had a character called the Phantom Flan Flinger. It <laughs> nice. was like in a mask and would put custard pies in people's face. Um, anyway, so 1982, I just remember saying next week, Iron Maiden, I'm like, who, what? That sounds interesting. It was, And it was really early because th- they showed a clip of uh, Run to the Hills video, but it wasn't finished yet. No way. Uh, and they were talking about, they were gonna, now I'm coming out next month, they're going on tour and stuff. And it was just like, you know, they were on for like two minutes. It's like, changed my life. Amazing. And then Maggie Thatcher puts custard pies in her face. Eddie got custard pied by Maggie Thatcher. What <laughs> the fuck? I didn't know that. They had someone who dressed up as Maggie Thatcher. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't like, actually actual her. Actual Thatcher no, no, came if, on. No, no. If, if it had been her, they, she would have just shot them. Sent <laughs> 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 in the mind. SAS. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a kids TV program. Iron Maiden were on it. Motorhead. Crocus. Gillen. Oh my God, Crocus. Um, That's right. Girl school, like you'd have like madness and punk bands. You'd have that's like, fucking wild. Yeah, like Robert Plant just turned up one day to hang out. You know, it was that kind of thing. It's like kids TV with like Motorhead and Iron Maiden on it. It's like I love that about the young ones. Yeah, because exactly. that's the first time I saw Motorhead was yeah. on the young ones. And that was I think kids TV would have that on. Um, mm. Tears was finished. It was replaced by Number Seventy Three. And Gillen were on that as well. Mm. Uh, number 73 was Sandy Tostvig. Oh, yeah. And Neil Buchanan. Oh. Wow. Neil Buchanan's in the metal band as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Marseille. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah so, yeah, so like the first single I ever bought was Gillen. Uh, Restless, I've still got it. Nice. Um, you know, and that had been on Tiz Was. You know, so it was like... Mm. Amazing, like, yeah. But... Uh, I can't remember if it's that. So, yeah, I, this, my brother, I remember listening to it and pointing out that it's the same. Gill and Wrestler had the same riff as um, Plastic Bomb by uh, Poison Idea. <laughs> I don't know if that was deliberate. But you go, oh, well, yeah. That's fine. When Napalm on Tiz was, or have I just. No, they, that they, they're later. I mean, yeah. well, Napalm started like 81 or 82, but they were on 
they were on a kids' TV show called What's That Noise with. Oh, okay. And obviously there was the they were supposed to be on Red Dwarf, but they couldn't do it, so you ended up with Carcass. 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 Well, yeah. Jeff and Bill just yeah. doing. <laughs> oh shit! Well, no, because no, no, Ken was a major part Ken, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and it still sorry. is a part of it. No, yeah, right. yeah, 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 sorry. Um, no, but yeah, Napalm Death. Oh, that was a great era for TV because there was a pro. There was like a thing called Snub TV. Yeah, which is an amazing kind of music program that started eighty eight, eighty nine. So you'd have like Napalm Death on it, and you'd have Spaceman Free, and then you'd have like you know Pixies and stuff, and and then underground hip hop and stuff, and it was just amazing time for TV and then they said no we don't know we'll just put Jules Holland on you mentioned uh, John Peel a bit when we were off air as well just like what an influential DJ for like bringing for me though Tommy Vance was the real Tommy Vance yeah so 1982 like he was up way past my bedtime put (laughs) the radio on and what the hell is this and he goes and that was a new singer it was a white snake here I go again the proper version not the not yeah. the crappy American yeah, yeah, yeah. one, but <laughs> it was like, what the hell is it? And then tell me Vance, and I discovered the Friday Rock Show. Yeah, and it's like like two hours of rock and metal at like ten o'clock on the Friday. Which well, tell me Vance did a rock and metal. Show. Oh, he was that. He was He's got the a big voice. yeah. So cool. You saw him on top of the pops and go, that can't be the same guy because he just sounded like he should have this yeah. the beard the size of Bristol. You know, he's just <laughs> be like. Um, but yeah, it was this amazing show, and I remember listening to it and like trying to stay awake till the end. That was always the thing because you know, <laughs> nine years old, it's like difficult Aww. to stay up till midnight. <laughs> but yeah. it was Friday, so it didn't matter because you know, have school next day, and I'd had like a little really crap cheap radio. Like they used to do these radios that looked like Coke cans. Like. Oh my yeah. god! Did so, you do the thing where you'd put your fingers on the antennae, and then it would like have better clarity. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'd just listen in the dark in bed, and I remember listening to the um, broadcast of the uh, Iron Maiden set from Reading eight Festival eighty two, and it's incredible. Wow. And yeah, you'd listen to that, you know, and they, you know, the Friday Rock Show demo, like the. Um, sessions they did were like the kind of for a lot of new wave of british everyone around that was their pinnacle you know because it just sounded so good mm. you know so you'd listen to that and you'd hear stuff on there all the time uh so that was a big thing john peel kind of listened to but not as much because john yeah. peel was on monday to thursday and yeah. then friday it was tommy rance and so later on as i could stay up later you'd listen to that and it was great because you'd listen to it and there'd be like a load of jangly indie There'd be some like, amazing um, sort of, you know, Bundu boys and bands like that at the time, you know, yeah. kind of. And then, you know, you'd hear that and then all of a sudden it's like Bolt for or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Napalm Death. And and it was weird how big Napalm Death were at that time. And enslavement is just absolute mind life changer as well. Was, yeah. That was a, like a real thing. So, I mean, I was a fresh kid by then, you yeah. know. You prefer enslavement to scum because I always preferred enslavement yeah. to scum. Yeah, yeah, scum's good, but enslavement because it's, I think, had that. It just it's like a solid piece of work. Obviously, scum's two different bands almost, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, and it was yeah. So a friend of mine at school, uh, kid Andrew, was like you know in skateboarding. I say was is still, yeah, yeah. He's in skateboarding and BMX and stuff, and he did him a tape, and it was like. The Stupids and Napalm Death, like nineteen eighty eight, and then he actually gave me his original copy of the album, and it was yeah. just because I was into Fresh, I was you know, 
yeah. I'd, I'd heard, you know, discovered Metallica and all that stuff. And and then he's, what the hell is this? And that kind of opened up that whole death metal world. You know, it's like, well, there's Napalm Death and then there's Bolt Thrower and Carcass and Death. Yeah. And, you know, and then Morbid Angel and yeah, Autopsy and all that stuff. Paradise Lost. That was a huge thing. Yeah. How did you get into the 70s stuff? So, I mean, I grew up, I, so 1982, the first <coughs> time I heard, I got into metal and a friend of my mum's, you've got to check this out and give me a tape and it scared the life out of me. I hated it. I couldn't listen to it. It was so terrifying. And it was Black Sabbath, the song. It just, <laughs> it was like, do you know what I mean? It, like, it was a horror film. You know what yeah. I mean? You just, everything about that song is just totally overpowering and it was like, I hated it. But then, uh, so I got into met on this guy Stephen who lived around the corner. Some mm-hmm. of some of you may know. Okay. Uh, um, so he brought over Kiss, um, Love Gun, and then I bought a compilation called um, what was it called? Now there was a couple, um, and there was this compilation. Was it Precious Metal or Trauma? There was a couple of compilations I got, and. Um, this compilation it had started off and it was like a total life like you know one of those records that shapes your taste and it had like wishbone ash on it nice uh budgie Leonard skinnard amazing uh gary moore i mean it was a gillen song on it so it was like you know that was and then later on getting into the more obscure stuff so you, you know like the first cathedral album for example had that song listing on the back and it like, you know, so you've got, you've got this lyrics and then it's like, like Gaz had put together a list of like bands, you know, it was like Fuzzy Duck and Aardvark and all these like bizarre names, what the hell's that? Um, and then by that time, you know, the kind of through the tape trading scene, so Just Oborn would send me tapes and he sent me this tape and it had like, like uh, May Blitz, Buffalo, Bang, um, Night Sun. Um, you know, a load of stuff like that. Sweet. And I thought, that can't be sweet. This is so heavy. It was a song Burning. I don't know if you know that one. Yeah. I just I just know the like ballroom blitz. Well, here's like, the no, thing the, with the Sweet. Cl- it's like, everyone knows their singles. The singles yeah. were written by someone else and they're kind of okay. Yeah. Their own material, absolute dynamite. I mean, it's incredible. Do you like, know what? That's so crazy because my dad was always a fan of Sweet. Yeah. And I can never understand why because I'd only know <laughs> Ballroom you listen, Blitz. You listen to like Ballroom Blitz and go, that's yeah. cute, whatever. Yeah. And then you put on Burning and it's like, ooh, this yeah. is a bit. Oh, it's, like, it, it's sinister. It's, yeah. you know, it's like, sounds like a serial killer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So their own stuff was so much better than the hits. It's like, yeah. um, but it's really heavy. So yeah, I started through that. And, you know, so you start kind of getting stuff traded, like someone tapes me. You know, you get a tape from Will. I think Will got a tape from Lee or someone, and it was like you know, pentagram stuff from the seventies. Yeah, you know, because um, like Cathedral obviously covered um, for all your sins, like on the first demo. Wow. So all pentagram. So you know, and back then you could pick up pentagram. So I've got like a, I ended up with a copy of the second album, like an original press for like two quid, and then obviously, um, Peaceville signed them, oh. so they put out the. Um, both albums as was then um, so I ended up getting a white label of uh, Relentless for like 
two quid as well. Because, <laughs> you know, you just, like, you'd go in the shops and find them. People didn't know their stuff. Um, trouble was a big one. So some friends at school would go, you've got to check out Trouble, you've got to check out Trouble. Um, and then through that, you know, because you're listening, so, like, by 90, what, 1990, you're listening to, like, the Dooms, Doomy or Death Metal. So, like, you know, a lot of Death Metal was, like, really fast, tappy stuff, but then, like, Paradise Lost was slow and heavy. Autopsy had these really slow bits. And see, so from that, you're, you know, and that the UK, a lot of the UK bands had a sort of slow, heavy aspect to them, I think. Because back then, people just wanted heavy. There was a, there were some people who had, oh, it's got to be this genre. But there was a lot of the underground that just wanted heavy. It didn't matter if it was mm. hardcore, metal, de- you know, didn't matter if it was Melvin's or St. Viator's or Bolt Thrower, as long as it was heavy, it was heavy. Um, I started getting through the 70 stuff through that, and so you start looking for the, <coughs> you know, and you and the newer bands that had that vibe, you know, whether it was like Masters Reality or, you know, Monster Magnet. I remember that hearing um, Medicine, that someone played me the video for Medicine as well. So you get the first, that you get that first full Monster Magnet album, and it's got a Grand Funk cover, and you go, well, yeah. I know the name Grand Funk, but I've never really checked them out because the name Funk had put me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picked up a compilation and go, oh my god this is like the best bass, bass sound ever yeah. yeah and through that you just start you know and because there was a scene of us all kind of in contact so like we knew just from you know uh, well thy grief eternal as it was then um, and lord deputy action yeah we knew the guys from acrimony we knew you know by 92 we'd met solstice and you know bands like that so yeah. we sort of knew a few man so did and let's so say you'd trade tapes and stuff Although with Solstice, obviously they had that kind of, also had roots in sort of hardcore. So we, so we all we knew who Rich Walker was because he was Rich Militia from Sore Throat, you know. <laughs> and we started talking, so we, you know, there was a little scene where we, you'd hear each, and there, there was a bit guy called Russ. Well, there was still a guy called Russ Smith. Um, and so every Thrash gig and stuff you'd see, he'd be there, um, and he is like you know, you, before Metal Archives. There was Russ, and in fact, <laughs> he's he's better because he's got it all, you know. <laughs> and he would tape us stuff. He'd tell us about stuff, you know. Wow. I think the only reason anyone knows who Pagan all is because he told everyone. He was like, wow. he was the guy, you know. He was the guy that had everything. He had like all the Friday Rock Show stuff. He, he was the guy that he went to to find out about metal. That's fine. And still cool. is. He's like every time he's still around. Him. Yeah, yeah, and he's like nice. Uh, he does. He's really active on that heavy belters. Facebook group, if you know that. I do him not. And, him and uh, Kiss Mark. I will be checking yeah, out. Yeah, it's a brilliant one. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think you find out a lot of stuff through. Or you do the old kind of read the record label. Like you get the record and you look, look at the thanks list. That was my thing. It yeah. was, I would always check the thanks list just to see which bands yeah. they would name drop. Yeah. Mm. And also the t shirts. You'd look at it like back then, you'd look at the t shirts, right? I'm going to check that band out. I, I've done that, I've seen some of the cool t shirts. I, I specifically yeah. remember, I might be getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure on the Suffocation Effigy of the Forgotten, I think Mike Smith is wearing an atheist shirt. Oh. And I could, didn't realize what the logo was saying, I was trying to work it out, but then I figured out, <laughs> yeah. I think that says atheist. And I decided to check them out. <laughs> I was like, wow, oh, this so band's That's one of my f- the first atheist album is one of my favorite oh, records of all time. It's so good, yeah, so good, so good. I mean, I still listen to it. I mean, I, it's one of one I bought a vinyl at the time. I bought a CD, and then I bought another CD reissue yeah. later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, they're so underrated. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, should we go on to yes. the next card? This one. 
The home. The home. Uh-huh. Oh, so you've just moved house. I have, yes. I bought, yeah. finally bought a place with you've a got garden. Calax. You've got my Calax out. I've got a bomb shelter. You've got a bomb shelter? I have. Wow. Yes. I, I went to look at the place and there's a weird stone structure and it's apparently, it's, a, it's an above ground bomb shelter that you can't get rid of. You can use it as a rehearsal space. It's or? too small for that. I mean, it's tiny. It's like a family of, could stand in it, but I think I think it was wow. built just as like an emergency run. But yeah, I've got a bomb shelter. Well, if there is a, a nuke on London, <laughs> you're sorted. When? When? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah I bought a place. I have a bomb shelter. I have a loft. Loft. You know, it's a storage. That is really nice. Congratulations. Yeah, These you. days, that is, that is yeah. a rarity. So. Yeah, so that's home now. And it's weird because it is actually back in Isleworth. So nice. I moved, moved back to Isleworth where I'd grown up, where yeah. I met Steve. Yeah. With the striker and the uh, Kiss record. They're brilliant. Yeah. I think that that's probably summing up home. Yeah. And it's kind of, yeah, it's also, it's right by the river. So I, oh. I feel like London is most is most London when it's by the Thames. So yeah. it's, it's not that central, but it's by the Thames. So it's. It can be very brutal. Yeah. yeah. I've not so been to Isleworth, actually. It's got some nice parts to it. Yeah. Ah, so, wow, this is, the, this is the story that always amazes me. And I, so we moved there in 1980. And I sort of get into metal about 82. And a f- friend of my mum's going, oh, Iron Maiden lives near here. Like, no, they don't, they don't. Didn't think much, anything more of it. Then sort of late 80s, walking home from school nearby. And the guy drives past in a Jeep. It's really, that's weird. He's very distinctive, bald guy with a massive beard. Mm. And I was like, I'm sure that's John McCoy from Gillen. Mm-hmm. So a few years later, I'm, you know, many years later on Facebook, I sort of friend him and I, and I actually asked him, did I see you in a Jeep in Isleworth? He said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, about two years ago, three years ago, I found I saw a little clip uh, extract from Joe Elliott's biography, autobiography. So when we moved, 1980, when I moved to Isleworth, Joe Elliott moved 200 meters away from me, around the corner, in a flat next to Bernie Torme from Gillen's place. So I lived around the corner from Bernie Torme, guitarist of one of my favorite bands, and never saw him, never knew that. That's oh, and Joe Elliott. That is wild. That's less impressive, but it was like literally around the corner. Like, that is so wild. That's wild. But that's Isleworth for you. That's it. All the cool kids lived there. Is it Joe Elliott yeah. from Def Leppard? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Shem doing a tactical He's Google there. <laughs> 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 the Thank you. Uh, Thank everyone you. knows who Joe Elliott is. Sure. Or, are you I that know. engrossed in yeah, no. certain scene you don't know? <laughs> I literally have no idea. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew it was someone important. <laughs> yeah. I, I, sorry, I just I assumed that, you know, singer in one of the biggest rock bands of all time, you know. Was well, he the singer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Phil Collins, he's the guitarist, or, yeah. or, just, or actually there's a few Phil, guitarists. Phil Collins is like unnaturally jacked, isn't no, he? Yeah, or I, don't, I, I think he's a martial artist guy. Didn't he uh, do, knock out Danzig, apparently? That's a what? No, that's one, that's another one. He had a fight with Danzig, apparently, at a festival. In the Danzig area. seems so fiery. Yeah. He's, he's quite short, though, isn't he, Danzig? I think. Yeah, I don't think Phil Collins is that big, though. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he's... Jack, but he's yeah. not like it's not like he's ten foot tall. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love like a heavy metal musician pro wrestling event. Yeah. That'd be really fun. I want to see Danzig take out like Manowar or something. Well, he wanted to be a professional wrestler. Danzig. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. He's got but the oh yeah, he is unnaturally jacked. <laughs> he's got like a very normal do, head. Do you yeah, think Manowar fight head. much? Though? <laughs> I, I think they're a bit old for fighting. Now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and they didn't turn up when K- 
Chris's sister offered them out, apparently. Really? Oh, apparently, really? there was always a real beef between... I don't know if it was to do with the dictators, because obviously, uh, I think Ross the Boss was in the dictators, and one of Twisted's sister was in the dictators. But anyway, they, they seemed to... According to Krang, when I was a kid, there was a real thing between the two. Mm. And t- they didn't turn up to fight Twisted's sister, apparently. I don't know if that's true. Wow. I mean, that's pretty small of Manowar, who... Uh, yeah, D. Snyder's a pretty scary looking guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, he's, he's a big, he jacked really big And I think, yeah, really I, think, I think they were pretty kind of rough kids. I mean, mm. in that DVD, they, they said that when they had their reunion, one of them turned up with a gun. <laughs> oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was. Yeah, it was like when they had their first meeting, it, it, you know. <laughs> Just. I, th- I think there was. There were, they had beef. That's <laughs> fucking terrifying. Yeah. Gangster metal, aren't they? Gangster metal. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. A real gangster metal, unlike uh, what they call it again. Is it King 810? You know oh, are they not real gangsters? <laughs> no. uh, do you know what? I think, I think they might be. I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a weird one. It's like, you know, the image, and it's like, you know, who's the hardest band in Britain? And you'd be like, well, it's probably the Beautiful South. <laughs> <laughs> you know, axe murdering, well, would be axe. He tried to kill someone with an axe, the drummer. Yeah, oh yeah, that it's was always the drummer. Yeah, yeah there's one what? of the drummers, and obviously Paul Eaton, who's in Beautiful South. Apparently, he's an absolute psychopath. Bloody like, hell! Like a football, full-on football hooligan. So, it's because you listen to the music. Yeah, just, I know. Just like, yeah, the... yeah. I think the metal guys usually like the softies. Yeah, except the for the guy from Cannibal Corpse, who like, I have guns in my house for murder. <laughs> 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 And, and was it, it was something about like a house full of skulls or something. He had it? human yeah. skulls in his house. And yeah. guns. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly for murder. They had a it's lot like of Brian, guns. wasn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, amazing. how many guns do you need as a death metal? You've got some yeah. support, like backup guns, in case one of your other guns yeah. doesn't work. I don't know. Was... Well, that would be cool if you also had like a room full of like, kind of people training. You know, like you open a door and there's like a load of people. <laughs> there's like Yeah, like... just... Uh, <laughs> <coughs> I mean, who, who doesn't want a house full of like... Machine guns and grenades and I don't really because if you have like a fire then you're fucked. Yeah, I mean it could go wrong, but you yeah. know, I mean but obviously, ideally, <laughs> ideally it would be laser guns. I mean that's what you really want. Oh, that house is just a laser tag course. No, no, real laser. Like I mean, I want oh, like, like, like proper laser like blasters, Dune, like like burning through guns. flesh. Yeah, nice. I mean I grew up, I grew up with Star Wars. Of course, I want that. Mm. <laughs> I, mean, I think I'd rather have a tricorder. So if I have like a headache, I know uh, I'm not going to have like a blood good, clot or something. Although Star Trek apparently is a red flag. What? It's a it's a really bad red flag. Star Trek what? box sets and a tiger poster is like immediate oh my God. police raid. I'm <laughs> done. Yeah, together. Apparently it's something that police look at. Are you for real? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Red flag for what? For being um, a nerd? <laughs> <laughs> Not either. Like, ass in, search the hard drive. Oh, oh no. that makes yeah. sense, actually. Yeah, yeah. So someone, I mean, it depends on the series. If it's, is it original series? I don't know. I haven't looked that deeply yeah. into it. Yeah. But apparently there's some weird thing that there's a real correlation between excessive, <laughs> excessive Star Trek box sets, tigers. <laughs> I've got to do some serious soul searching after this. <laughs> some serious eBay in you mean. <laughs> But where do you stand on Star Trek? Is I it fucking love it. It's better yeah, but, than Star Wars. But, I will fight you. I mean, that's just nonsense, obviously. Uh, but <laughs> it's gonna be a twisted sister situation. But next generation or classic? Deep Space Nine. 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 
Bryce Moyne. That's that's the the true nerd's choice, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do love I love um, TNG over original series. I don't like original series that much, to oh, be honest. So you're not real Star Trek fan, are you? Oh, <laughs> those are funny <laughs> words! <laughs> oh no, this is... Ooh. What do you think of the new Star Wars films? Um, <laughs> I mean, is that even a real question? Um, I mean, yeah, they're fun to go and watch once. They're like The Hobbit. But I'm... See, I draw... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a purist there's no such film as a new hope <laughs> it's called star wars if you're calling it a new hope you're not a real star wars yeah fan. okay because okay. you're not a proper fan that's like a new school thing my favorite star wars film is rogue one because everyone dies i mean that's you know that's, that's something to look forward to isn't it yeah. I I the mandalorian somewhat redeemed the franchise it's a little okay bit. i didn't yeah. like the product placement of baby yoda whatever right. it is called i don't know the it's, it's not actually called baby yoda though called is it grogu it's... okay yeah grogu but that's just internet ending internet nonsense isn't it mostly but yeah it's fun yeah. did you guys see when sorry i'm not supposed to yeah. talk i'm completely bombing it this episode um did you see when gorguts shared a picture of baby yoda on their page and it had its, it had grogu written in the gorguts font that's actually that pretty was, cool that's a kind that of cool. was such a weird day i was like <laughs> why is people <laughs> posting this <laughs> So that's death metal for you. They're not all house full of guns. It's yeah. it's just Canadians. Like yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining like a, a kind Canadian, polite man being like, "Oh, I think Star Wars is great." Okay, so or should we go on? A, the sage. Oh, wisdom. Is there an onion card. <laughs> <laughs> we ate that one um, earlier. That the sage. <laughs> This is kind of like wisdom, um, like staying inside, yeah. the sort of introvert okay. um, within you. Like how, I'd say like you are, you're always everywhere. And like everywhere, every time I go to a show, you're there. However, that, you are also... That's because I'm stalking you. You know that, right? I now. didn't, but I'm <laughs> actually yeah. quite flattered. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I arrange it with shame, it's fine. Oh, it's, it's consensual. Um, anyway, but yeah, the sage is like... There's there's also like an introversion to yeah. you as well. Like there's clearly like a still waters run deep kind of guy, um, standing in the front row of the cathedral concert if he's not on stage. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a video of me. Well, it's not of me, but I'm in a video. There's a some posted a video and it's a carcass of cathedral at the marquee. So that's like ninety one or ninety two, and I'm watching it. I was like, I recognise that t-shirt. As <laughs> you. Yeah, and it's, it's there, very different looking. I was like, wow. Sort of. No beard. No beard? That's how long ago it was. Good Lord. I can't imagine that. Yeah. I just assumed that you were... Born related. with a beard. Born, born with a beard, yeah. yeah. Did you have a period where you was just a bottom beard and no, like, moustache? Briefly, yeah. So I yeah. kind of... I, I stopped shaving just because it was a pain, basically. <laughs> like, I'd kind of changed jobs and I was allowed to have a beard. I was, you know, so I was like, oh, I can just stop shaving. And that's like 94, 95, something like that. So it's just like, oh, easy. Uh, but yeah, I'll oh, see what, you know, I tried that, had a chin strap for a week or two. I did shave oh. my beard off at some point because there's a photo of me without a beard and it, and, and it's sort of late 90s. So I'd like shaved it off for a few weeks or something. And then, well, actually, this is, I don't like this. So I tried different things and then I ended up, I realised the easiest thing to do was just not shave. And then that's the secret to growing a beard. Like I don't, people don't seem to realise the secret ah. is not to cut it off all the time I was going to ask yeah. you what your secret is that and Marmite Marmite yeah. 
Like yeah. Marmite and beard masks. No, just eat Marmite. I mean, it's full of <laughs> vitamin B12 and stuff, isn't it? Oh, okay, cool, cool. And you know what they say about Marmite. You can eat it? Yeah. Well, that's right. They say, you know, you either love it or you shouldn't I be allowed know. to vote. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually don't, I don't have a strong opinion about Marmite. I don't love it or hate it. Um, I think it smells nice. I prefer Vegemite, but I like Marmite. I've not had Vegemite. Vegemite is a, a lesser... The lesser it's a lesser Australian version. The lesser Although spotted. South African Marmite yeah. tastes like Vegemite. Oh, no way. That's no. weird. It's very weird. Yeah. Uh, I only discovered that when I went to South Africa. What about Bob Rolls? Bob Rolls is crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Is, that, is that gravy you drink? Yeah, it's, it's beef. It's, but it is basically, it's beef stock, but really concentrated. But you have it as like... Yeah, you can drink it, but it's also, you know... It's a, I would drink gravy. Put it on toast, you can make it into... Whoa, a, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love gravy. And they do a chicken one, and it's made out of burnt feathers. What Whoa. the fuck? What? It's sick, it's really good. No, it's, it's no. Good yeah, no, Bob Rolls is just basically your concentrated gravy. It's like, just gravy. That sounds really good. So if, if you like beef, if you don't like beef, that's no good to you. I, mean, I like gravy. Okay. Just... Every, everyone loves gravy of some sort. Mm. Yeah. You can get vegan Oxo cubes. So I have those. They're, mm. they're nice. Yeah, I do. So you like can have Oxo gravy cube. and be vegan. There you go. You can have it both ways. There you go. You can have your gravy and be what vegan. What a time to be alive. It's brilliant. Should we go on to the, the sage? <laughs> sage and onion gravy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is your next one. Oh, oh. Stars. Oh, your future contains yeah. stardom. Well, you are often travelling around. You are navigating the globe. Do I you have any future globe navigation plans? Uh, I need to get a new passport. Do you? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be blue as well. well yeah. Oh, hooray, blue passports. That's what we really need. In so much control right yeah. now. Um, I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I haven't travelled for a couple of years. I haven't played abroad for a while. So it'd be nice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how easy or possible it's going to be now. Do you have anywhere, any spots you want to go to that you haven't? Mm, I'd love to see more. I'd like, I've never been to LA. You've not been to LA? Never been to LA, so it'd be oh nice. I don't know if it's worth playing there anymore. I don't know. Mm. But it'd be nice to get over there. Yeah, I, mean, I like America. It's nice. It's, you know, you wouldn't want to live there because they, you know. You'd fall over and then the, you'd have a £30,000 yeah. bill. And also the chocolate isn't as good. Oh, it fucking sucks. Oh, the food <laughs> in America is, is not good. Well, it's, America food is weird in that some of it's amazing. But most of it's, of it's not good. No yeah. offence. Well, I know, like, statistics, I mean, like, in terms of, like, um, hard sort of data, it's ten times worse. Is it actually? Um, yeah, if you look at the rate figures for food poisoning percentages. Oh, because of the chlorinated chicken. Well, there's all kinds of things, but they're, yeah, they're, yeah, the food standards so are terrible. They're, they're, but you know, you, you get a good burger; it's incredible. They're, I think America's full of like the worst kind of pre-packaged kind of mm. stuff. Even the but then, cheese is bad. Yeah, but well, here's the thing: with cheese, is there's a lot of very good cheese, but because of uh, import duties it's so expensive that you just don't get it here oh. so there's bad cheese and there's really good stuff in America America's got you know I, we went to sort of little diners and stuff that were amazing you know we also went to IHOPs which aren't so good but <laughs> <laughs> International House of Pancakes strange word it's International House of pan uh, Pancakes so it's a pancake oh, place I thought it was like eyeball hops no 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 yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's nice you know you, you, you want a breakfast pancakes is good okay. um, it was Went to a Cracker Barrel a couple of times. Uh, 
It's kind of like southern, so you know, it's like you know, biscuits and gravy, which are is that chips and gravy? No, biscuits and gravy. What is it actually? What is biscuits and gravy? A biscuit, as far as I can tell, is like a scone with no flavour, and gravy is not gravy. What? It's some sort of weird sausage meat that's white or something. I don't know. It's very strange. But that's it's kind of it's like an America. It's a chain of sort of southern food, but it's a chain. But you go in and they have got like a shop selling Harley Davidson T-shirts and blankets <laughs> and weird stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. But you know, I thought it'd be like poutine. No, I mean obviously there's service stations and there's service stations. You know, mm. so you know there's T Bay and then there's just everything else. France has good service stations. I didn't find them very good. Really? Yeah, well, the I ones like I've them. seen. But T Bay is the one. Okay. Do you know T-Bay services? It's like, ask anyone who's travelled a lot and they'll tell you T-Bay is a different level. It's like a farm shop and cafe. Oh, Yeah, so very it's, nice. it's independently owned, so it's just like, you know, it's a different level. I will go and check some out. Yeah. Yeah, specifically, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's tra- it'd be nice just to go somewhere. I haven't flown for a few years. Yeah. My passport expired during lockdown, it's like... It's a pain in the ass during yeah, here as well. Especially as it expired just as I was trying to sort out buying stuff, the house. And stuff oh, no, that. you the ID. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. And I had a real nightmare with that. Um, Stamp duty? No, no, it was just under there. So Because it was the deadline. No, it was that. It was more, it was to do with sorting out probate for my mum's will oh. and the fact that my passport, my birth certificate, the will and my NHS records all had different spellings of my name. Oh, oh no! <laughs> that happened with my mum because she's got a crazy name. Yeah, and like no one can spell her name right, so she had like three different forms yeah. of ID with no. Oh, you poor thing! So I had to, yeah, I had to oh, I redo everything. Yeah, well, it was had to get. Is it the, the Alistair and the Alastair? It, it was the one that is the middle names. Kieran is one of my middle names. Is so Kieran. there's the I and the E the wrong way around. And like there's one with an A, one with a Y, one with a with a Y. <laughs> yeah, K- R Y. Yeah, so my passport is K- R I R Y N. It was the, the between the yeah between the R and the N. There yeah, was like Aryan Kieran. All kinds of things. So, <laughs> I mean, my first name gets misspelled all the time. Anyway, like. When people are responding to emails that have my name in the email and a signature, oh they'll still spell it wrong. Oh, dude. Or on Facebook. And there's how a... do people do that? That's, that's, that's crazy. I don't know how it happens so often. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a phenomenon. It's in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's about people that would call me Lloyd. And I'm like... Lloyd? <laughs> it's like You're just not just... a Lloyd. You're clearly a Floyd. It's like they've just decided that oh, Floyd. Uh, I don't like that name. I'm going to call <laughs> yeah. him Lloyd instead. I get well. called Niner. Oh, I get called. They get my last name right, but they call me Nina. Because <laughs> Nina's such a difficult name. It's yeah. so foreign. It's exotic yeah. as hell. It's, oh, you're so exotic. I am so exotic. So exotic. <laughs> yeah. Fluffy jumpers. <laughs> hair yeah. for weeks. Not even for days. For weeks. Weeks. <laughs> Occasionally a month. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. Anyway. Should we do another card? Let's do another card. Let's do your present. Let's do this. Oh, you get me a present. That's nice. Oh, I'm the present. The scales. The scales. Oh, justice. Justice, righteousness. There's a lot of sort of judgment and like shit. Can I judge people for being false metal? Is that? If you wish. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always. 
what do you think of that? Like at the moment, there's definitely a lot of um, this is a controversial topic, the controversy of controversy, I suppose. Are you talking about Boris? About just cancellations and. Um, I don't know if people call it cancel. I don't know. That's what I think. Oh, cancel cancel culture. culture. I think of that as a scale. As people cancel like... culture is a weird one. In that everyone's like, oh, it's a new thing. It's not. It's, it's been not, going on yeah. for decades, but it's always been a right wing thing. Yeah, and Christians, you know, cancelling people. Yeah, it's weird because people go, oh, you can't say anything now. People are so offended these days. You can't you're say like, you're racist these days. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't even be racist anymore. That's it. They put <laughs> you in you jail. Can't even, you know what I mean? You can't even invade. Sudetenland land without being called a Nazi. I can't <laughs> say any racist words about being called a racist. It's weird because <coughs> like, oh, you can't say anything. Everyone's offended now. It's like, hold on. When when was the, the what, what, time and date? When that was happened? when were people not offended? Yeah. When you know when you couldn't swear on TV. So people were offended by swearing. People, you know, there was a time when Game of Thrones would not have been allowed like twenty years ago. No, exactly. Um, the ending shouldn't have been allowed. But. <laughs> The last season, the Jesus. last episode, but it's, it's this weird thing. Everyone, like, you know, people are just they're offended by different things. You know, some people are offended by the act of being offended. Yeah, but I'll, I'll always remember how the the furore around that brass eye episode about the pedophiles. Yeah. Oh. And it was just like but it was hilarious because obviously the people are getting offended didn't realise that they were the butt of the joke anyway. That yeah. we're talk, we're talking about you, you just haven't got it. But you know. Do you, do you remember how peop- how offended the whole world was, apparently, you know, when the Sex Pistols were on the Bill Grundy show and, and he swore? Yeah. And that that was offended. So people were offended by different things. Billy you know? Connolly, when yeah. he went on um, What's His Face and he Parkinson. made the joke about the, the, the bikes yeah. and the bums. That was, was an amazing joke. Yeah. yeah, and he was worried. it was. But, you know, pe- people were offended by different things. Once upon a time, people were offended by people being different colour. You know. They're still offended by that. Yeah, but you know, oh, you can't say anything. It's like, well, back then you, they said things. You know, they were offended by different things. It's, mm. you know, times are changing. You know, people were offended by women having children out of wedlock. Yeah. You know, so people have always been offended by things. It's just maybe people are trying to be better people. Shock horror. I know. It shouldn't How be allowed. How dare How we try? Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm glad you you have that. That most wholesome take. That's me. I am so wholesome. I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I'm probably the most wholesome person ever. We could slice you up and serve you with some tea. Exactly. I'm, they if, the Reverend, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't use that name. So that was, that was a silly name, but it was funny. <laughs> so it was Evil Knievel was a band I was in. It was like me and Seamus from Blood Iron Raiders. Hey. Like Seamus who's in like loads of, you know, loads of punk bands now um but we had this band called evil knievel and it was just like originally it was going to be professor al but then it was like reverend because like billy gibbons is the reverend billy gibbons so it's like i'm gonna be the reverend because that's just silly and fun and then early days of internet you could get yourself ordained on into line couldn't you so oh my god (laughs) no way well i think technically i was at that then i don't do you think it might have expired i suspect i probably need to redo the test you have to do a test it's like a little reverend exam that's well, amazing I think, no I, I say test i think you you just have to just click on the right thing <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of a test isn't it um so it was just like it was a name it was like funny it was like it amused ev- it amused me that was the important thing that's brilliant and you know we were kind of 
stoner rock, but we didn't sound like a stoner rock band. So we didn't have like fuzzy pedals, whatever. It was like, like the singer was really into like kind of southern rock and country as well as, you know, so, you know, cowboy hat and stuff. Um, so we were a bit sort of Danzig meets Leonard Skinner via Trouble or something. It was a bit of a weird mix, but it was... That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And you have a song called Dark Frame. We ha- well, that was Blood Iron Raiders. That oh, was coming back. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> so there's been, so, there's been like three million bands, remember? So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not very good at yeah. remembering things. I know. Well, it's, you know. It's all before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I'm like 70,000 years old. No, you're not. I'm just very young, I think. I don't know anymore. Well, should we go to the next card? Yes, let's go I to the next card. Another presents card. This one here. What is that one? The message. The message. Yeah. There's every single person who comes on this podcast always gets the message because it's literally music is yeah. the message. So, I mean, what is your message? My message is heavy metal or no metal at all. Wimps and posers get up, leave the hall. Nice. To, <laughs> nice to, reference. To, to, to great, yeah. To, to quote the uh, the wise sage. <laughs> Man of War. Man of War. <laughs> <laughs> I, one of my favourite Man of War song slash videos is the one where he talks about quitting his job. He's like, I quit my job this morning. And he like, the it's the video, is amazing. He like goes to his like, I think he, he's like a mechanic and he like gives his boss the finger and he's like, you've got to give everyone the, the finger. If you don't give them the finger, you know, give some square the finger now he won't look again. <laughs> oh, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Were you there that year when they were, they were supposed to play Hellfest and they didn't play or no, something I didn't like go, that? No, so. Oh, fair. Shall I tell you my Man of War story? Please. Well, Please. it's not really much of a story. 1984, went to see Ghostbusters at the cinema. Amazing. That's a pretty good day, right? Gets better. Stopped at our price on the way. Got signed and a hammer by Man of War. Nice. So that, that is, is a classic album. That is actually probably scientifically provable to be the best day ever in the history <laughs> of the universe. <laughs> that is Although, the most 1980s day. There's another 1984 day that's as good as that. Yeah. Family holiday in Aberdeen. Well, actually, no, we were, we were in Aberdeenshire, so we were out in a village somewhere. Drove into Aberdeen. Uh, Mum and stepdad dropped us off. Cinema. All three Star Wars films. Whoa. Very nice. And I got Two Minutes to Midnight, 12-inch single on the same Ooh. day. Oh, I mean, that's, that's as good as life gets. peak when childhood. Kid. I like that. All three Star Wars films. Because there's only three. Um, we could just pretend the rest <laughs> don't exist. And Rogue One, the best Star Wars film. Um, I don't know what is my... I don't know what the message is. I mean, the message is a song by Grandmaster Flash, obviously. <laughs> well, well um, because you've been playing for like a while now. So what keeps mm. you going? Cause um, well, I'm mm. hoping eventually I'll learn how to do it properly. <laughs> what, <laughs> what is doing it properly? Like playing the right notes. Yeah. At the right time. <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a goal. You definitely do that, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah, within... I'm not a guitarist. Within parameters, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Star Trek of you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's fun, isn't it? It is know? fun. If yeah. you get it right. Even if you get it wrong, I think it's still pretty fun. It can be. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, I've done a couple of gigs that were disasters. Yeah? Uh, so, let's think. so, first... Was it Carnival of Souls? Was a band. So that was, um, it was like the first like before it became Evil Knievel. So it was just, so it was Seamus. It was Nick Knievel and me and this guy called Andrew who was originally in Our Haunted Kingdom, which was Orange Goblin. So he, uh, and his brother was in 
Stu was in uh, what are they called now? Death Metal Band beginning with V. I've suddenly got. Um, I'll remember it in a minute. I'm kick myself. Um, and he was like totally obsessed with the Who. The Who. Yeah, he was like a total Keith Moon fanatic. You know, Long Green Fishtail Parker had a Premier Olympic drum kit and stuff. So, so we are our first gig, and we're supposed to be opening, and for some reason we end up headlining. What? I don't know how that happened. Uh, so obviously. First gig. Yeah, first gig. So we turn up. So Seamus uh, manages to drink a lot. Nick and Andrew drank a lot and smoked a lot. Oh no! Uh, yeah, it was one of those ones. And then Nick, for some, <laughs> Nick worked in a guitar shop and had a pink Charvel. <laughs> and something went wrong, so he basically just spent the whole set with the guitar on the floor, feeding back. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. That's so stressful. Throwing even. <laughs> Throwing Elvis shapes. Oh no! <laughs> Just kind of like doing Elvis kung fu. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so the same drummer. So he had um, he was like eighteen or nineteen at the time, and he had a girlfriend who was thirty-eight. Okay. So, so she she had a kid who was like two years younger than him, and it was a bit of a weird one. And they somehow got into a fight. I think she attacked him with a piece of wood, so he choked her unconscious. I mean, it was a oh, bit. Jesus what the Christ. fuck? So he was doing community service, so we couldn't rehearse on a Saturday. <laughs> so like, your things not good. He, um, so there's a gig, and he didn't turn up to sound check, and he sort of turns up just before we're going on, and you go, oh sorry, I had to work late, but then he's showing all like, you know, Luca, Brandy and that lot. Do you know Luca from like Ted Mall and Mugged Off and all that? I know no, Ted Mall. What bands are you? Well, he's in all those sort of bands, okay. Astri Screen. So he, he's showing that he got arrested for. St- trying to steal a car to come to the rehearsal. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> to, to the uh, gig. But he turned up with the girl that he was doing, tie, like doing community service Whoa. for attacking. <laughs> or fighting with. <laughs> and then, so that we were like, okay, I, I think this might be then. And then we had one more gig and someone gave him a pill. Like He didn't know the guy. He didn't know what the pill was. Oh he just took God. a pill. And it was this weird one. So we'd start a song yeah. and he'd kind of come in whatever beat he felt like doing <laughs> you know occasionally he might be in the right tempo and then he'd just stop halfway through and we turn around and look at him and he's like what <laughs> I'm like, i think we need a new drummer oh my god <laughs> yeah, i mean when so i say hard. he embraced the keith moon lifestyle yeah i mean it was like he used to make he used to have a plunger bong that he'd made himself out of like three litre of coke bottles. A plunger bong. Yeah, so it was like a bo- so basically <laughs> it was like two plastic bottles that he'd cut up. It had some water and he would fill it with smoke and just push it down and it was just like Fuck force no. this weed. Wow. <laughs> no, he couldn't yeah, you know, every rehearsal would start like that. <laughs> you, yeah. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Bad gigs can be they make good stories. They make fun. good stories, yeah. but I guess at the time your like yeah. insides are just being crunched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How quick did you get bored of that? We it's it's not fun, is it? It's like the thing is, you want to be good. Yeah. Ish. You don't, you don't have to be perfect, but if if the drummer's not playing the same song, that can be problematic, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. It is like having a dream where you're naked at school. It is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just silently or... remembering times when that's happened. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was legit trying to think of. <laughs> or, yes, it's like that, yeah, the school exam and you haven't studied or whatever. Oh, that yeah. was the, that's the oh, big one for me. It's such a horrible feeling, yeah. Which is essentially <laughs> the Boris Premiership. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how he's leading the country. He, is, he has turned up, hasn't studied. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he went to Eton. Mm. Can you imagine? What are they teaching them? Should we go on to this card here? I think what they teach them is kind of Cocaine? confidence. <laughs> <laughs> that too. The tower. Oh. Black tower. This is the card oh, that generally um, represents the kind of relationship you have with your inner self and your outer self. Because the tower is a building with no door. Mm. Are you trapped inside your own tower? Ooh. Or, you know, it's a very phallic object as well. It's a big tower on a big hill. It's like mounds and phalluses and whatever. So it's, there's that element to Of course it is. Naturally. <laughs> naturally, yes. Mm. Mm. The tower. How does that make you feel? Snugly. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a rather comfortable inner yeah. mind then. No? Hey. I'm too young to know. <laughs> I'm not even 90 yet. And you haven't reached sagedom. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that tends to stump people, that card. That is the, the psychological yeah. card. Yeah. See, see, I think Tara, I think the song by Angel. Okay. Do you know that song? I don't. So good. I just think of Angel from Buffy when people say Angel. Well, yeah, you would. I would. <laughs> I, I, I am truly a child of the 90s, yeah. I, I was thinking Tower Records. Oh, Ooh. nice, nice. He's a lot shopping there before yeah. it became the Virgin. What a tower! The one it used, it must, it had some good people working there because they had some amazing. Stuff. I mean, I picked up like back in the day, you know, picked up like the Vita stuff there. Yes, yeah. yeah, a lot of my Vita self vinyl came from there back. You know, nineteen ninety time, the Obsessed first album. Yeah, got there. Saw Cathedral. Actually, first time I spoke to Lee Dorian was. Like properly was there. Oh no way! Uh, Cathedral played there. Did an yeah. in-store gig there. Yeah, and um, I'd sort of seen him around, obviously, at gigs and stuff. And that was the first time I went up and spoke to him because I'd sent rehearsal tapes of more to Just Oborn, and he sent them to Lee because Lee was sort of talking about signing the well before Electric Wizard. I mean, you know, when it was like Lord of Future Faction, I mean, even yeah. they were talking about doing stuff. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was just, it was just cool. It just had that old school vibe. Yeah, though. even even when it was still about in like the early mid two thousands, yeah. I still found some good stuff there. Loads of good magazines. They'd have loads of import graffiti magazines yeah. and hip hop magazines. You'd get loads of all kinds of crazy stuff in there. It was great. Yeah. I mean, there were so many great record shops in London. It's kind yeah. of Berwick Street was always the place for me. Was that Sister Ray? Had Sister Ray. I can't remember. It was called something else. Before well, you Sister had Ray. Sister Ray was there, but it was a different selector disc. Yeah, selector disc. And you had a couple of secondhand shops there. Yeah. But you had the best of, of course, was Shades in St Anne's Court. That was the one. Yeah. I mean, that was just the mythical place because you know, as a kid, you'd always see the Shades advert in Kerrang. Yeah. And that's where, like, Shades was where Metal Forces came from. The magazine. I don't know if you know that one. So that was that was the one. But you know they that I think a huge you know because music relations was around the corner and oh. um, do you know Julie Ware? I know yeah, I do know Julie. Yeah, she put on a, she did that record label Visible Noise, didn't she? Uh, and so she did that, and it was all like kind of like a lot of new metal bands and stuff like that. And then she put Evil Knievel. Oh, that's so it. cool! because yeah, she she knew Seamus really well. And oh, that's that. awesome. So it was like it was that a weird thing. There was a 
couple of you know we were very out of place on that one it was great we did a two-track demo as evil can evil and one song was that and another was on the organ compilations you remember that so organ is it orgone o-r-g-o-n-e no no organ the okay. organ there's a guy called uh sean who's probably still around because he, he but he did this thing called the organ and it was like you know he'd do loads of he'd do like some thrash and hardcore stuff but it, a lot of the kind of slightly more left field rock bands cool. you know he was really into stuff like the cardiacs he was really into the kind of sort of psychedelic stuff like really into the bands that had a bit of a hawkwind feel to them or whatever so he did all kinds of stuff and he put us on that that's sick yeah which is nice yeah um yeah he was always around promoting stuff. i haven't seen him for years but i'm sure he's still around somewhere doing stuff do you know what blew my mind about hawkwind the fact that um is it what's his name is it Matthew Wright from the Right Stuff? Was yes. the singer of <laughs> no, he was, from, he was a huge fan. He was like a fanatical fan, and like, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I, Hawkwind's a band I grew up with, so yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad's favorite album was Quark, Strangeness and Chumps. Well, I got Spirit of the Age tattooed there. Oh, oh amazing! So cool. That was my brother's favorite song, so I got yeah. that tattooed there. It's a great track. Yeah, um, yeah. Hawkwind was right. Name like when when I first sort of saw Maiden on Tis was it was like went to the library. Discovered you could get tapes out as well as books, yeah. yeah. And it was, it was like Saxon, Finn Lizzie, Gillen, Hawkwind. It was like, give me and Michael Schenker groups. It was like, what mm. rock and metal stuff have you got? And I got those, and so yeah. that was a big thing that shaped my taste, yeah. Amazing. You know, you, you get those records that really kind of shape, you know, that, and then like, uh, Hell Comes to Your House, some music for nations did a compilation called Hell on Earth which I didn't get but then they did one called Hell Comes to Your House and it was just like Metallica Anthrax Exciter The Rods yeah. uh, Loudness it was like you know that's still you know that's still what where I'm at today I guess did you ever get into Dark Angel much they were always one of my oh, favourite so thrash bands I mean yeah um, I saw them that inf- you know that was another really important gig because I saw them with Nuclear Assault Oh, I love Nuclear Assault as yeah. well. For Dan, was it Dan Liker was in them. Dan Liker, yeah, yeah, brutal, uh, little, yeah, little, yeah. yeah. Uh, So you got Dan, little, yeah. I mean, I was a massive Nuclear Assault. I saw, saw Nuclear Assault supporting Slayer and was absolutely blown away. <laughs> Amazing. And then, not the next time they came over, but the time after that, they played Hammersmith again with, and it was Dark Angel and Candlemas. <sighs> what a bill! <laughs> yeah, nice. Jesus. Um, yes, yeah, so I love Dark Angels. I mean, I still listen to those records all yeah. the time. Um, but that was my kind of exposure to doom metal, I guess, was Candlemas. That was like, oh, no way. That, oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because they put the gig out on VHS. Yeah. So the Nuclear Assault set, and then you've got Candlemas, Dark Angel, and DAM on yeah. the other one. So I had those and watched them a million times. Yeah. It's, they, they, they played a blinder. They, I've, I don't know if they reformed, but they, yeah. uh, they played a Bloodstock, I think, yeah, in 2015. Yeah, I missed that, yeah. And it was it was actually really good. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I saw him a few times. That marquee shows on v, on YouTube, yeah. ninety one, and that was inc- that uh, Dave film, Dave Ingham. Yeah, um, and that's incredible. Yeah. Ah, great bands. I love Dark Angel. Yeah. Dave Ingham also filmed my first ever gig. No oh, way. way. Same guy. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, first gig with Decomposed. It was it was ninety one, and uh, we supported Cancer. Oh yeah. yeah, it was cancer. It, a band called Impaler, yeah, another killer death metal band. A band called Pulp Grind, who 
can't remember much about it, but the fact that this drummer was using a marching snare, so it was like that deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he filmed that. So, so you can actually see my first ever gigs on YouTube if you're that bored. That is so yeah. cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we... Do another card, or do you just want to go for talk it? Talk about Dark Angel. We can do both. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Dark Angel. The sun. The sun. The sun. That don't is inverted. Don't read the sun. You don't read the well, I'm <laughs> very <laughs> glad. I don't think you'd be here yeah. if you did. We would have invited you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's winter. It's yeah. cold as balls. Uh, it's a cold. It's not that country. cold though. It's kind of coldish. I mean, it, we're not that cold here generally. Britain doesn't get cold in the or so south. I get south cold. Doesn't. She's little though. Well, yeah, I know. I get really cold. Have you been to a cold country before? I don't want to go. <laughs> Went yeah. to Finland once. That looks in, cold. In winter, we got there and it, it had just warmed up. It was only minus nine. Oh, fuck <laughs> that. I would and literally die. <laughs> I get cold in the summer. And there was snow sort of that deep everywhere. No. But like where they clear the roads, they just these piles of snow that were like the size of houses. Wow. Yeah. Was that to play shows? That you oh, well, I went with Orange Goblin. They were playing. I went with them. Nice, nice. Um, Isn't there like a mad drive between like Finland and Denmark that usually bands do when they tour that, that region? Possibly, I haven't done it's that. Like a ten-hour <coughs> drive or something. I've only whenever I've been to the Scandinavia, it's usually just been sort of like for a couple of days. I think. Cool. Um, you know, sort of. Although we did with Age of Taurus, we played a place. Uh, was it Dovre, Donbass? So it was a festival called Til Dovra Fella. I That's a cool pro- name. I don't know how you pronounce it. Not like that, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, but more Norwegian. <coughs> more Norwegian. Uh, and that was a beautiful place. It was up, up in the mountains. Oh, wow. Wooden chalet kind of venue. Um, with like a load of black metal bands and stuff. Is that near Bergen or was it? Or? It's in the middle. It's like, oh, middle. Right, like you, we drove like, you know, through mountains and fjords yeah. into the middle of the mountains. Um beautiful day yeah mostly sort of black metal and death metal bands and then us yeah we had um rich couldn't make it so we had syndra from obliteration and necromantium playing bass that is so cool everyone i i've talked to who's gone to norway says it's one of the most beautiful places it's lovely it's expensive hell yeah the beer's like what 12 quid i mean i don't drink so but you know it was like two three quid a can of coke in the shops and you know it was like (laughs) but Standard living's really high. That's what I could do. They they pay you well there, right? Yeah, yeah they pay you. <laughs> <laughs> they do. If you yeah. go to prison, you're fine. Yeah. Um, Shall we do the very bottom card? That is the thing that drives you forward Ooh. from your past, putting you into the future. Union. Union. Oh, oh that's a really wholesome one, actually. Yeah. That's yeah. me, wholesome. That's you. <laughs> that's how I roll. Wholesome. Um, yeah, it's like connection between people, which is exactly the kind of thing that, you know, you're always at shows, you're playing in bands, you you mm. know a hell of a lot of people I as well. I know a few people. You know, know. one I, or two. I, I know at least seven people. That's <laughs> more than me. Yeah. I know literally everyone in this room and that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Union, that's a really that's a really mm. cool driving force. How do you mm. feel about that? Oh, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird one. I'm, uh, I'm kind of also... I don't know. You know, I know a lot of people, but I'm also kind of solitary sort of sometimes. In the tower. In a tower, yeah. I'd love a tower. Towers are nice. Especially if you had like a telescope, you know. Villa Velo, doesn't he live in a tower? 
don't know. He, I he have should read that do. Correct. He needs to. So. <laughs> he should. I mean, that's where he should be. I mean, he need... Paul Chain apparently used to live in a castle. Ooh, that must be cold. Und- in Italy, so not that cold. Ah, uh, that's all right. But he also drove a tank. Apparently, I don't know if that's true. But they're, tr- they're cheap. They're like ten grand. What a tank? You've yeah. looked into it. I have looked it? into it. Yeah. Do you have a favourite tank for? I'm not really a tank person. No, you. I. So yeah. you're, more, you're more of like a like a, a skidoo, like a snowmobile. Nuclear with, submarine, <laughs> perhaps. Nuclear submarine. Yeah. yeah. Something uh, with lasers. Late, well, yeah, something with uh, tricorders. A Morris Minor person. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's me, classy. Morris Minor machine gun on the back. I mean, me just saying this will put, get me put on a terror watch list, but yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He's already on one. Sorry. Yeah, it's my Star Trek box set. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon the guy from Manowar has Star Trek box Almost set? certainly. Oh, oh, Malone. Oh, Carl Logan, yeah. Oh, dear. That was, uh, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Although, the, the general rule with Manowar is... It, Roster boss on no metal at all. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was he played Bloodstock, I think. Yeah, recently as well. It was really good set. I saw him at the underwear, and it was just incredible. It was just like perfect. Like if you watch that video, if you've seen the video of the roster boss doing the man or set, uh, keep it true. No, but I've heard like, it. No, oh, it's majestic. It's like yeah. it's like no nonsense bass solos. Yeah, no pulling the bass strings. Off, oh just my god! Riff after riff, song after song. Yeah. yeah. Did you see them at Birmingham? When they came back to no, the UK, no, I did see him. No, I did see him at the at Brixton Academy. I was there. It wasn't very good. It wasn't really full either. Okay. Yeah. You, that thing where you go, right? We need this much money. We need a venue this size. It's like might be better to play a venue that you fill. They were amazing at Birmingham. Yeah, I heard that. They were really, really good. And then they were just awful. Yeah. And then the recent videos I've seen, what's his face is doing some pretty awkward rants. About women. Joey DeMeo. Yeah. yeah. So I've got so really... Unsurprisingly. I've got a friend called Dawn that I've known since since we I was a teenager. She, I, I say, I, mean, I, have, I don't see her very often because she lives in America now. But she, but she knew them all really well. She did a lot of work for Russell Button. She's, no, she's a huge Man of War fan, but she says, yes, uh, Joey may have some less than... Savory he, he's, views? I, he's not quite embraced the union between people yeah. on an intellectual level shall we say I, I gathered that from yeah. uh, what he was saying I used to be a massive fan and then after those kind of yeah. things came out I feel like I'm a little bit colder on them don't. now yeah. although I had amazing st- Will told me an amazing story that he got from Martin Hooker so when sort of Hail to England time, so Music for Nations signed them oh I didn't know that yeah because so, yeah, so, they were on what uh, Liberty Records and then a couple of them Virgin 10 Records but um, Martin Hooker signed them for Hail to England on Music for Nations and they went out to dinner apparently Joey DeMeyer sort of turned around and said congratulations for signing with the most important band in rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> what a confident man <laughs> <laughs> but it gets better because Martin Hooker apparently is like well, you know, I love you no, Martin Hooker was the guy. No, no I meant like, yeah. I thought Martin Hooker was like, who's that then? Yeah. <laughs> but then he says, well, I love you guys, but you know, Rolling Stones maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Jesus and apparently Christ. Joe DeMeo sort of stood up, th- stood up, knocked his chair over and says, you take that back. I'm not saying no, that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and then like the rest of the band apparently a bit like that. And then eventually, like once the 
everyone else as a starter started arriving he kind of quietly picked the chair and said can you order for me <laughs> <laughs> oh my that god that is amazing yeah. I mean was it Slayer that feuded with Van Waugh Twisted Sister did but I, I'm sure Slayer other bands with, Slayer feuded with Venom well, oh, they had fate. beef with Kronos oh, I think right. yeah, yeah, Merciful right. Fate had a problem didn't they because um, they came over to support Manowar and lasted one gig no. Really? It was just like, you know, they came over, they, they're not allowed to even set up until like half an hour before they're like, you know, just that kind of stuff where bands stitch up the other bands. Sort of yeah. mm. And so they were like, we're not doing this. Yeah, yeah I've heard a lot of um, negative reviews of their professional conduct. Yeah. Yeah, which is a shame because yeah. I love the music. Have you ever heard the uh, Dave Rock Feinstein song? Uh, the single from 78 uh, Midnight Lady oh it's amazing because it, it's you know the rods uh, so Cole uh, Dave Rock Feinstein Dio's cousin oh I didn't know that so um, band of rods which is like Cole Kennedy uh, and before they became the rods he did a single under his name and it's, so it's basically it's the rods but it's the bass player is Joey DeMeo Whoa! That's amazing. That is wild. Yeah. And it's really sort of high energy, kind of late seventies metal rock sort of thing. It's amazing. He's a fab bassist. Yeah. Yeah. With his piccolo bass. <laughs> and his very loosely tied strings that he rips off. off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've all done that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is Peter Steele does it, but it's impressive when he yeah, does Peter it. Peter Steele's like was seventy five foot tall. Oh, <laughs> in more ways than one. Uh, yeah, so apparently the ladies liked him. <laughs> I don't know why. Can't think why. It's a mystery. There's no magazine evidence. Um, so here's the last card. This the is last. your driving forward force of your future. Uh oh. What is it? It is death, isn't it? <laughs> the puzzle. The pu- oh. I've never seen that puzzle. What a mysterious spread you have. This is a good That's one. That's me. I'm, I'm all about the mystery. Yeah. International mm. man of mystery. Mystery to me Unions. is something I can't see, but I see you very well. Nice. Dio. Smooth. Smooth. Yeah, that's that's a good one. There's two doors, yeah. and you don't know which one to go for. Oh, this is the... Uh, you have to... This is very labyrinth. Yeah, exactly. You put the... Do you have choices as such before you? Do you have to make choices like that sometimes? I should probably do. I can't think off the top of my head. Fair enough. Um, usually the, the choice is, do I put on killers or do I put on peace of mind? That, that's the <laughs> big decision. Of course, okay. it's always both. <laughs> At the same time, simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. I did hear a story. Uh, Seamus was living with a guy briefly. He moved in with someone uh, who would put on two different Slayer albums at the same time. No <laughs> way. And leave them playing during the day whilst he was out. Oh my God, what? <laughs> Did you ever get synchronised uh, Kerry King solos that would just sound <laughs> like absolute dog shit? Oh. All of them sound amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm really I, curious now. I love a Kerry King solo. So I, I love Kerry A yeah. dial-up modem solo. <clears throat> anyway. Although, only, you know, I don't really listen to Slayer post-1990. So, I kind of... It's. Uh, I really like. Um, I think. Um, God hates the fool. I don't. I. I, I never listened to that. That's pretty good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, apparently, I like apparently, there's records after seasons of the Beast. People tell me that. I don't believe them. This is like Star Wars. It's like people, like people who tell me like Metallica kept going after '91. Oh, yeah. Madness. Yeah. <laughs> Things people imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but it was it was like that. Mm. And I really don't like Metallica. Oh, I mean, Ride the Lightning is perfection. Is it? Absolutely perfect. It's one of the best guitar sounds of all time. Merciful Fates amps, apparently. You'll hate me for this. I don't like Iron Maiden either. No, you know, it's, it's your democratic right to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I probably am. I just, I don't, I don't know. I never got either Metallica or, or Maiden, which are like your, I know Maiden's yeah. your staple. Yeah. Well, you know, Maiden is life. Is it? Yeah. I'm dead. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it. <laughs> do you think, uh, think Puppets is overrated or? No, it's a great record. I, oh, it no. doesn't sound as good because they downgraded the amps. Yeah. I mean, as a nerd, like sort of, uh, Rider Lightning, it's JMP 2203s, push with a tube screamer. Th- then they start moving to the sort of Mesa Boogie stuff, and it doesn't have quite the same crunch. Yeah, Rider yeah. Lightning is just that much it's just, heavier. Yeah, I mean, Master Puppets, you know, it's a, a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of bit, you know, you go, oh, I know where that is from. Like, yeah. you know, I love Orion, but, you know, everyone goes, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. But yeah, it's good, but it is Wishbone Ash. I love Wishbone Ash. Handy by Wishbone Ash. Listen to that. I'll have to check Shit, that out. I think we were listening I, to it and I said Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, song. there's also a Wishbone Ash song that sounds like Ghost. And it sounds like the blueprint for Ghost. Is it oh. The King Will Come? I, don't know. I, I mean, Ar- Argus, Argus is. Yeah. Uh, so many bands were influenced I mean, by Argus, that. yeah, Maiden. I'm totally Carcass. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Argus is one of, it's just perfect in every way from the it artwork to the pro- yeah. production to the songs, every, crazy, the playing, yeah. the t- guitar tones on it. It's beautiful. And and you go, oh, Martin Birch, there you go. That's your guarantee of quality. He engineered it. So um, you just look at Martin Birch. Has he done the Atomic Rooster? He probably did. He did like Maiden, most of the Maiden oh, stuff. Okay. Oh, really? Sabbath, Rainbow, Deep Purple, okay, Fleetwood Mac, yeah. Toad. Wow. You know, he's, he's, his discography is just the best of all time. You know, white, good White Snake stuff. Not not the uh, um, hair metal stuff, but, you know, he did yeah. the early 80s White Snake, which is amazing. It is so good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he just did so much good stuff, you know. Um, so that's your guarantee of quality, Martin Birch. What is your record with the best? I'd say like guitar tone for you. Okay. Do you have Ooh. Do you have one that you're like when you're recording? Like I want this. I want yeah. it to be like this record. Yeah, I mean rhythm tone is you know trouble. It's either Psalm Nine or the fourth album. Okay. So both trouble self-titled albums, as it were. Um, very much the kind of benchmark. Um, Ride the Lightning. Uh, like ACDC, like particularly early ACDC, you know, Powerage and High Voltage Era was just huge sounding. Not very distorted, just big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Malcolm, right? Uh, I mean, it's, but, it's, but it's that mixture. It's Malcolm's really clean rhythm tone because it's basically it's, you know it's super basses a lot of it it's like it's not very distorted at all it's pretty clean and then angus is is brighter and cl- slightly more distorted and together it just sounds so good and especially the kind of stuff produced by the brother and bander it's just um there's a couple you know first sabbath album um a lot of the free stuff sort of that paul kossoff like, again really clean but just huge um argus is just that's perfect yeah. it's just incredible uh 
What about bass tone? Ooh. Because I feel like there's some Grand Funk Railroad. Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah. Um, is a massive one. Uh, James Jameson on a lot of the early Motown stuff is just incredible. Uh, and obviously Donald Duck Dunn as well. Um, bass tone. Steve Harris is a very, like, early Maiden stuff. It's a very clean, sort of quiet, thin sound. Not fit. It's quite top endy, isn't it? He uses quite a lot of chords when he plays bass. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's, in, it's weird because he uses flat round strings rather than oh, round round. Um, and it's he's got like weird sort of custom built preamps that are basically old late seventies high watt transistor bass head. Yeah, um, that he kind of started using about nineteen eighty, and it's just run run into power amps. But yeah, someone built in these kind of custom made versions of the high one he's now got his own pedal so uh but yeah actually i mean um uh who else is good uh back from um budgie had an amazing yeah. sound yeah. budgie's great yeah and that was you know it was a band i discovered quite young so that that was great bass sound. and there's a couple of i mean there's probably a few other bass sounds that just trying to think I mean, Lemmy is for a particular thing. <laughs> but what, that's an interesting one. I was watching a, you know, you just, YouTube starts, you leave it running. I ended up watching a, the guy, Cameron, whatever his name is, that produced a lot of the later stuff. Yeah. Um, and what he said, he ended up, because he, obviously it's a Marshall super bass. It's a hundred watt head and it's just cranked up. But he said he would record it for an Ampeg as well, for himself. Lemmy hated it. But he put it on. But he said because Lemmy's hearing, obviously, so fifty years of Crank Marshalls, he lost so much thing that he he would think things sounded really bassy. Yeah. Because he had oh, no he top end. No to- yeah. 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 So he used the Ampeg to put the low end in that Lemmy didn't put in himself. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. But it's interesting. As, yeah, if people get older, so you get these sounds change and they become more trebly. Mm, I always wonder why, like Trouble White, you know, like. Uh, Manic Frustration and Plastic Greenhead sound much, so much more trebly than the albums before and I wonder if that's why maybe Rick Rubin or whatever was going to <laughs> we need more high end I love We Are Motorhead that album yeah. I mean I first album I bought was on parole so the first single I bought was Gill and the first album was Motorhead on parole so that's a you know that's a very 70s sounding record as well so that kind of really sort of set my tone taste I guess it's quite a weird sounding record and it's quite sort of I don't know, it's it's got a weird downbeat feel to it, hasn't it? Strange right, I think for as for as lauded as they are, I still think Lemmy doesn't get enough credit for kind of being like the like the, the progenitor of harsh vocals. Oh he was a huge and it's weird, I think you know, if if you were to ask all the people that matter. Yeah. You know, if you go and ask Metallica and if you ask Discharge and you ask you know any f- classic thrash band you know death metal band any of the old uh, a lot of the hardcore guys they would tell you that you know yeah but it's, it's weird I think some people don't get where things come from like I, yeah um, like you hear like you'll see somebody who's really into death metal say on air but Metallica don't matter and it's like but if you speak to the people that made mm. the stuff you know they were inspired by you know them. if no Metallica no Repulsion you know yeah, yeah. no no Napalm Death, no Dark Throne, you know, yeah. those bands all were influenced by it, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
and took a look because back then it was like this is the heavy thing you know most of the classic thrash bands were inspired by Metallica you know the death metal bands I know that Scott Carlson was a huge fan of Cliff Burton you know yeah he told me as well you know I went to see him I made sure I was standing in front of Cliff you know yeah Lee's often talked about hitchhiking down to London to see Metallica at the 100 Club, you know? Yeah. It's, for a lot of these people, it was a big thing, you know? Um, yeah, you know, Motorhead were a huge part for, of everything, you know? Yeah. But also a band that kind of crossed over in some ways, like, back then. I think, I think the reason, it's not that they don't get the credit, I think it's, it's often with these bands, it's like management and stuff like that, and stuff in the background that makes a difference. Yeah, you know, because Motorhead were a household name because they were on the young ones, they were on Tiz was, you know. Yeah. I remember watching some kind of polite comedy in the early 80s, Shelley. I don't know if you remember that. No, and there's an episode where it's weird, this is stuck in my head for almost 40 years later. And there's an episode where they're all stuck on a train and there's a pregnant woman, so they're like. We need to do something to calm down, and they they put some headphones on the babies, and they go, "Don't oh, it's motorhead, so don't blame if he's worn a headband." And I don't know why that's just stuck with me for decades. Uh, but you know, but they were a household name. But yeah. you know, stuff happens. You know, lineups change. But yeah, I think record labels like they never had the record label support. So yeah. when you look at Metallica, you know they had, but also management is a big part of it. So you know, Metallica onto Electra and had the big, you know, the Cooper and Maiden had Rod Smallwood and EMI. Yeah. And Motorhead were on like, you know, bronze to GWR or whatever, you know, so it was, they didn't quite have that. Yeah. Because mm. very often you think, why are they not this big? It's like, yeah. you know, why are Judas Priest not as big as Maiden and Sabbath now? Because yeah. they all had that thing, they all went through the metal doldrums, why are they not as big? And then, well, maybe it's the management. Yeah. Because so, so I've heard stuff about you know, you think oh, that's why. Because I would argue that's the big three, right? Maiden, Priest, and Sabbath. The, well, Sabbath the started metal. anyway. Yeah. Sabbath started metal. Yeah, kind of Priest totally defined what it would be because yeah. they brought their kind of Queen and Wishbone Ash influence. And but they were aesthetic, but also the Wishbone Ash kind of twin guitars, mm. the Queen harmonies. Because you. If you listen to the first Priest album, you can hear Queen on some parts of it. Yeah, yeah totally. So, and then with the look, they defined it, and then Maiden kind of, you know, took it and made it worldwide. You know, those are the three bands. You know, there's yeah. a lot. Obviously, there's lots of other great bands. Yeah, but those are the kind of the trinity of bands. That, you know, how did metal de- develop? It's kind yeah. of those three. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, very often it's like, but you know, if you went back to 1980, like you speak to. Someone who's, uh, you know, who's going to be the big band for the new wave of British heavy metal? It's going to be Diamond Head. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. ooh, management. <laughs> and then you had like Coven releasing, like the year, what was it, year before the first Sabbath? Kind of, yeah, did, like, when you listen to it, it's not, it's, like, not, it's not heavy. It's, it's got elements. It's, it's, it's in the same way. It's, it's heavy, <coughs> it's great, but it's not, it is a 60s psych record. Whatever. It's, it's what, unusual in that it's, it's satanic. Unusual. Yeah. But, yeah, but there was a lot of people into that kind of stuff at the time. Mm. You know, there were lots of satanic and witch magazines. It's like and the panic. Well, yeah. it's not quite the panic era, yeah. I guess. But it was a big thing. Yeah. But it, you know, it wasn't. The song Black Sabbath is like a, you know, it's a moment in the, the same. You know, so that Coven record's great, but it's 
a sixties record and it sounds like it's and Sabbath is something different. There yeah. is there is an something happens with that you know, that riff kicks in, things change, you know. Yeah. Blue Cheer were heavy as hell, they were great. But it's not the same. It's you mm. know It's like a real like paradigm shift, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like yeah. boom, something happens. There's a magical moment, something's happened there. Yeah. It's so funny like, you mentioned Diamond Heads because it's like you know, you talk about all the bands that would yeah. cite Metallica as an influence. Like Metallica wouldn't be, yeah, I mean, yeah. Massive, but, they, but they were also they were influenced by like a lot of that stuff. Like you know, Lars Ulrich was a collector. Like you see yeah. the some of the things. Like even before they were, you know, there's that famous list. It's like you know the top ten traders in the world, and he's at number one. You know, yeah. he was the guy that had every record. You know, yeah. he was the guy that knew this stuff. You know. So that's probably how we could call. Was it him that called Napster, and he was like, "This is going to be the." But that comes like much later. Much yeah. later, but I'm assuming that collector knowledge helped he him kind of yeah, understand I mean, what would happen. But I, I, th- I think yeah, they got a lot of flack for that, and I think in hindsight they were right. They, they were, yeah. That's <laughs> the thing, like, it's looked back on now by like people in the scene, and they're like, "God, yeah, he was really." Yeah. He was on the money. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, also, you know. You've, Oh, we put tape trade, but the tape trading was often rehearsal tapes and demos and live tapes and stuff. It wasn't just full albums; it was the stuff that you traded. You know, it was essentially a promotional. Yeah, material. like t- when you look at a trading list back then, a lot of it was live stuff. You know, what you know, t- trading full albums wasn't the set thing. It was about demos and live things more than just doing records. You know. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, so everyone gives you know, everyone gives Lars stick, but you know, there is a reason why Metallica are the biggest selling heavy metal band of all time. Lars, <laughs> you know, yeah, he knows the music. You know, he drives it. He writes a lot of it. He shapes it, and everyone gives him stick. But you know, mm. you know, he's done something right. I, I don't, I don't like them, but I don't hate. Yeah, I, I've never yeah. met the man, but you know, actually, well, I, I've not met him. I've been sort of that close to him when he was talking to someone else. He walked past me once, and I was like, "Oh, that's the man from Metallica." Yeah. That's the only Metallica story I have. The only person from Metallica who's spoken to me is Kirk Hammett. Someone said I looked like Kirk Hammett once. I've often thought that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, no lie, he said, "Cool T-shirt" to me once. That is really cool. What T-shirt were you wearing? Okay, so it was um, heavy metal band dance. It's, it's a, it's a came from a Mifra box set, Mifra and Studio Band, but they did a gig. It was like Motorhead Girl School Angel Witch Festival lineup t shirt. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. We were watching Ghost of all bands. No yeah. way. Yeah, that it was is uh, sick. Orange Goblin were playing Sonosphere and Ghost were there. I was there. So it I went to every one. Is it not England? No. Oh, is it Poland? Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. Was there only like one in Madrid or I don't know, but it was hot. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, Sonos Fear was great. But it was really interesting backstage because have you seen the Metallica backstage set up? No. We didn't see Don't it. Don't they have like a whole like Oasis area or something? Uh, put it this way. When they came on, they started clearing up the thing and it was like 10 minutes of like, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, they filled up at least one articulated lorry just with flight cases from the dressing room. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah, they had like a full band set up. You, you could hear them playing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was huge. That is really cool. Yeah. I would love to have a dressing room with that much clothing in it. That much clothing? Yeah, like an articulated lorry's worth of potential <laughs> outfits. I don't know if it was all outfits, I think. I'm imagining <laughs> it's outfits. It's just like some they had a whole trainers. Band set up and and yeah, I, know, I know that's what you really mean, but inside my head, I'm just imagining like a like, Kardashian closet. Like 20 different 
patch jackets because yeah. James had the patch jackets in the made all up with all the logo. It's interesting because um, what film was that in? What was the film they made? That were, not some kind of monster, the one that no one's seen. I wouldn't know that. Oh, oh, is this I, the more recent one? Yeah, or, about 10 yeah. years ago or something. Because yeah. he's wearing that jacket, they had to get clearance for all the patches. Like each band had to clear oh, the patches. No. Yeah. Imagine that. Did anyone say no? I don't know. I mean, you wouldn't, would you? Because, you know. It'd be funny I if mean, someone let, did. Yeah, you'd be foolish. I mean, yeah. you know. You know, you'd, you'd, you know, and that's another thing. Like how many bands got a second chance? You know, Diamond Head. Yeah. Like how much money have they made by selling, oh. like by Metallica covering them? I discovered yeah. them through Metallica. Through, that's it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, no one knows what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've never been able to remember that. Yeah, it's not a very memorable. Mm. It's just that sounds well, like it doesn't need to be because no one's seen it, so it doesn't matter if you remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we yeah. have all seen it and we don't know. Yeah, that five times he's just gone. He's like, it's like a no. man in black moment at the end where they just like wipe your memory. Oh, or it's just like modern pop music where you're like, you've forgotten it whilst you're still listening yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, after I watched Lords of Chaos, that was immediately. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen that, is it? I don't recommend it's, it. Do you know what? It's <clears throat> an interesting one because I think if you watch it and just as a film on its yeah. own. And apparently it's it's a lot more enjoyable and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Problem with a lot of black metal fans is that they're very easily triggered. <laughs> <laughs> the snowflakes, you might say. Yeah. But it's um, it's not it's not that great. It really was. It's very cringy. I kind of want to watch. I read the book, which is a weird one as well. Yeah. The book. Have you read the book? I've not read the book. I, I made it halfway. I'm half an hour into the film, and yeah. then I had to stop. So the book is kind of weird in that. I think they're over-intellectualising it. So what you end up with is, like, you know, three million pages just explaining the roots of the word varg. And it's like... Oh, no. But as, as in some sort of kind of European sort of archetype of... And it's like... And, you know, Lord of the Rings. It's all from Lord of the <laughs> Rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? Just read another book it, as they much were as I love that book. Kids, they, these are all children they're all yeah. like 15 at the time yeah. they've read lord of the rings and like and have venom and then the slightly older guys got them into the stuff you know all these bands were you know using lord of the rings stuff thinking and then they're trying to over intellectualize it and yeah. black metal fans never over intellectualize anything mm-hmm. but it's, it's that again it's that weird thing it's like a lot of this extreme metal was made by kids yeah you know and the, the, in the film that's actually reflected really yeah. well because they are literally just like kind of embarrassing teenagers yeah you know enslaved were like so young that their parents had to sign their record contract for them that's adorable you know carcass started when they're 15 yeah they're 15 they stood out you know lee dorian was like 19 by the time he'd left napalm death you know so that you know metallica when they started were like you know, underage drinkers. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of this stuff is done by three were like 19 at their peak, couldn't they? You know, a lot of amazing music's done by people who are really young. Yeah. So uh, I think Ishan from Emperor was only like maybe 16, 17 when they'd done the first album as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. they kind of had their addresses written on the inside of their guitar straps. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Really? No way. True story. That's so So funny. you mentioned playing with Emperor. So yeah. what was that like? Oh, that was interesting. I mean, it yeah. was. Was it Faust era Emperor? Or? Uh, yes, yes, he was on the run. Apparently, oh. he'd killed someone. He had for being gay. Uh, is that, I don't. I mean, that's the that's, that's the reason yeah, he well, gave. Yeah. yeah, which is you know, when someone dislikes gay people that much, I'm always like, I wonder why. <laughs> um, 
so it was like Cradle of Filth and Emperor Tour. And we're like a doom metal band. So we turn up with like, we're like, turn up with massive gold crucifix that we were going to put the right way up. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, I love that. Will's dad had got it from somewhere, from some play or something. Um, and Danny Filth smashed across. No. Backstage. And then tried to tell us that the Emperor guys had got it. That's so cheeky. And then, but it was interesting. So Will's flatmate at the time was Gian Perez, who... Would, would soon join Solstice okay. and then ended up in Cradle of Filth. Oh. But he was really into Viking battle reenactment. So we we're like, things could get a bit nasty here. So we, we had one of his swords in one of our guitar cases <laughs> and a so baseball cool. bat. <laughs> but they were like, you know, they were kind of like young kids. Yeah. They had a pig's head backstage, oh, but they God. had it in a plastic bag and they couldn't bear to touch it. It smells it. really it, bad. It does, but they, they had it. And then when they went on stage, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my God. But, you know, it was one of those gigs, there wasn't that many people there. It was, you know, it was probably 60, 70 people or whatever. You know, there was people there, but, you know, um, it wasn't massive town. But they, we kind of, we thought they weren't very underground because they'd done that review, singles review in Kerrang! and they slagged off Pentagram. So we were like, fucking posers. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's not underground, bold. you slag enough Pentagram. Yeah. I slag them off now, but back in the day they were. Pentagram. Yeah. Well, I mean, this I slagged Bobby off, but yeah. not Pentagram. This, this is before, you know. All that came out. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Although I did sort of hear stories around that time, like Lee really? Dorian's kind of, not about that, but Lee Dorian sort of, you know, Cathedral played with Pentagram in the early 90s, didn't they? So I heard that Kiss um, wanted to scope them out to go on tour well, and they were going to come to the rehearsals, but then two of them didn't turn up. Because well, they were at work. Yeah, have you not seen the film? I have. Last I mean, that's, here. It's, it's so depressing. It's harrowing. It's hard work, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's that? really depressing. And then, like, it, that was just before he beat his mum up as yeah, well. Which is... Um, can we call it a red flag? Um, <laughs> I think at that point the flag is fully. He definitely had Star Trek box sets. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's a weird one. It's someone you know, you've, you listen to their music for decades. You it's know. really good music. Yeah, it's really good music. Yeah. And there's always that question: Where do you draw the line? You know, that is definitely one of those bands where yeah. it's really difficult. It's like, do you listen to Burzum or not? <laughs> oh, I don't listen to Burzum. I mean, I like Burzum's music. Really? I don't believe anyone when they I say that. No, no, because I like. I don't like slick black metal. Black metal should be lo-fi. I don't want to hear. Uh, if, I don't like if music I can work, like that. I do. Like, because I grew up with death metal, and death metal was all about. The, well, no, that's the thing. When it became too brutal, it lost interest. Interesting. Like 92, 93 and everything's like brutal. It's like... I like the brutality. I don't. I don't, that's, that's, I don't like it when it's sloppy. Because <laughs> I want to hear proper death metal. I don't want to hear like brutal. I want to hear... I want to hear proper death metal too. I want to hear... Mar <laughs> you know, I want to hear like, you know, Master of 1985. That's death metal. Right. Yeah, you know, um, okay. stuff like that, you know, where it's savage but not, you know... So, you know, a lot of the early death metal is just like all out. You know, I mean, you listen to like Poison from uh, Illinois rather than the German Poison, and that you know that's just super savage kind of rehearsal tape stuff. And that's what a lot of the black metal thing is about—that death metal aesthetic, where a lot of death metal was just you know 
boombox in the corner of the rehearsal room and a lot of important death metal came out like that you know yeah like i respect that but and I that's don't what i like i don't i mean like i don't listen to death metal that gets too slick slick and clean and stuff oh, I, don't, I like it's I mean, interesting because you love classical music I like whereas cla- i think that's where death metal is most influenced by classical sometimes i mean it's it's a weird i mean death metal is that thing with it's, it's that again it's that mixture of stuff it's it's that mixture of motorhead and venom and discharge and you know black flag it's that thing of mixing it all in like mm. someone who likes motorhead and black flag and maiden and you know they mix it all in and the different bands had different sounds so like death they were you know he was into really into atheist yeah later on but you know, his, yeah. his shape stuff that's shaping him is classic metal stuff like he liked anvil and mm. maiden and he liked stuff like sortilege and you know when you see death they're wearing these amazing t-shirts like satan's jokers and all this stuff he's like you know they got these incredible obscure metal shirts um you know and then so other stuff that really you know bands like slaughter is really death metal in, uh, like there's really kind of p- a lot of dirty punk on there about Corona, I love Corona. I love Corona, but you know they're kind of well, it's, it's Celtic Frost, isn't it? It's like they were Celtic Frost roadies, and you can hear the Celtic yeah, Frost sound, totally. but with a kind of tech metal. That's influence. I think it's the more technical side yeah. I prefer. Yeah, I like, some tech, I like some tech metal stuff, mm. like you know, I do like you know, so Anacrusis <coughs> and Corona and stuff like that. First Atheist <coughs> album, but when it gets too tech, it loses the power. And I, like, I, f- I see what you mean because a lot of time there's like a lack of passion or soul. Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I really, you know, I will go back to slaughter and repulsion and, you know, uh, devastation. Mm. The from Illinois rather than Texas, um, and bands like that. And there's there's just you know there's a power. To, do you like syndrome? Don't know. There you go. There, that's what you need to hear. Syndrome. All right, I've got some like, homework. There you go. Yeah. If you want te- technical death metal, that is best. It's what the rever- the reverend prescribes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could listen. I mean, I'd Confessor obviously were a band that were. Don't like Confessor. <laughs> I love Confessor. I don't like them. I hate. I, I can't. I can't listen to the vocals. They're the only tech doom band. I can't listen to. I'm so sorry. Uh, right, you're gonna have to sit in a corner and think about yourself. <laughs> They're so sick. Yeah. Appreciates them. It's so good. There's a reason. I love. Do love Confessor. Mm. The, the instrumentation is great. I just can't do the vocals. No super heavy riffs, like bringing the trouble riffing with the technical kind yes. of almost like what? Do you like Watchtower? Is that Don't know. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a Stephen King novel. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> on deck, right? Yeah, but there's a whole kind of world of eighties. I mean, you know, obviously stuff like Warlord was technical, but it was epic, and mm. you know they had the playing. Um, there's loads of stuff, amazing stuff out there. That band, um, you know, that band Mekong Delta. Yeah, oh, I've got one yeah. record of theirs. Yeah, I've got for some reason I've got a picture disc and a normal copy of it. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a whole kind of technical metal thing in the eighties which I like, but when it becomes too polite, you know. Oh, I see. High gain amps, but polite metal. Polite metal. <laughs> Interesting. I like that description. Yeah. I think that description is a good note. Polite metal. To uh, to slowly. Go up to a nice cadence and end the podcast. A nice wholesome manner. Thank you for coming. The union of Serpent Temple and Alistair Riddle has been commenced and finished. Thank you for watching and listening. Thank you.
and thank you for coming. No problem. Cheers. I was in the area. <laughs> <laughs> Passing through. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, please feel free to like and subscribe and goodbye. Until next time. Bye. <laughs>